Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. We are discussing the Mandalorian season three finale and what a finale it was one way or the other. Many, many a feeling flying about. I am Colton Robertson. I am joined today by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And what is up, KBZ Kyler Barnett? It's straight to it. Straight to it. So let's jump right in. Mandalorian season three finale titled The Return. Uh, Dope-ass title. The Return of Mandalore. The Return of Bo-Katan onto the throne and everything. It's uh mm. works on a few levels there. Um how we feeling? How we feeling overall? I'm uh, I'm curious because mm. I've uh I've now watched it three times. First time I watched it, I was like, that was fun. Could have been executed better. Mm. Second time I watched it, I was like, okay, I, I really I I'm liking it. It's it's solid. It's solid. And the third time I watched it, I fucking loved it. I don't know, like I it just it just kept getting better and better for me the more that uh the more that I watched it. So I'm curious to hear how you guys mm-hmm. feel about it uh, let's start with joe here and i guess uh, i don't want to you know I, first watch the main feeling that i think i had coming off of it was disappointment but not necessarily for what happened just for what i expected to happen my expe- mm-hmm. i was disappointed in my expectations and what i expected from the episode um there are some gripes i do have with Maybe not the episode itself, with more of like the direction they decided to take the season. Um, but you're right on on rewatch. Like, and there were a few moments where I I'm smiling ear to ear on first watch, and I'm like, oh my god! Mm. Like, thankfully we're getting this moment in Star Wars. It's either so cute or like it just a moment that we wanted, and it like was very enjoyable. And I, I don't want to make it seem that I'm I'm sitting and watching this episode like oh, wow, they went there, and this happened, and, and I'm just mad from scene to scene. But that's the thing, no. is that I'm I'm genuinely happy from scene to scene. And then whenever one thing happens that I'm like, oh, I didn't really think You're it'd like, go there. Uh, I'm like, well, oh, okay, well. and then it, it just makes me think about it. So even when yeah. it is bad or I'm having a critique with it, um, I, no. I don't even really think it's it's. And I felt the uh, I felt the desire to tweet last night about the uh, – the difference between a a critique and a complaint and how to go about Mm. critiquing things and everything. Uh, Because I saw a whole lot of people who were very, very positive about the finale immediately, really, really positive about the season who were like, uh, I don't know. Like it felt a little, it felt a little like uh, they were coming at folks who didn't, didn't appreciate it quite as much. Mm. And same thing goes for the people who didn't appreciate it, who were like, the fuck were y'all liking? That's kind of crazy. 
that's give give critiques give reasons don't don't just mm. be like why do you like this or like how could you like this like no explain why it's not working for you explain why it is working for you all you can do is try to refine your own perspective you shouldn't try to change anyone else's and you should just enjoy the thing you enjoy or not enjoy the thing you enjoy and let others do the same that's mm. the bottom line here. So overall, we're going to keep it positive. We're not going to tell anyone they're dumb for enjoying it. We're not going to tell anyone they're dumb for not enjoying it. Everyone has the right to their opinion. Kyler, how are you feeling? Hey, I'm going to have to leave if that's what we're doing, because I thought I was going to get to slander Joe the whole time. No, we're, we'll absolutely get to slander Joe the whole no, time. No, no, I was just kidding. No, no. Um, talking about yeah. you guys slandering uh, R5. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, actual, actual slander. slander. Sorry, you know. I'm, I'm not going to slander. I resent slander. Open mind. Libel is print. <laughs> something something like that. I don't know. Um, no, no I, I, I really enjoyed the episode. I just... I, holy shit, that's intense. Okay, sorry about that. Anyway, um, something just fell off my desk. Um... No, I had fucked me up for a minute there. I had a train of thought and then just derailed. No, you're all good. Um, you're all good. I think the the ending of this episode and just like the the last fifteen minutes of it as a whole, I think just if I'm analyzing this and and how I, as I watched it, I kind of thought of it this way as like season three i didn't think of it as like how is this shaping up to the season two and one i think the minute you saw luke skywalker come into your screen you probably knew that was the apex moment of this series like one of the one of the apex moments of the series where like that's a hard bar to beat like I, i i i can i can be okay with that i'd rather have that moment than not have it and just keep trying to one up shit because that's when you come dangerously close to the whole, like, are we doing these things and making these decisions for the right reasons? Or are we doing them just to feel like we're, we're, you know, making the big splashy play. And I love that this ending and this, the last like 15 minutes of this episode to me, it, it felt like the end of this season. It felt like it wrapped up what this season felt like to me. And I mm. thought it hit all those notes very well. I thought, uh, Colton, we talked about this through message a little bit, and I just thought that this ending, like, there are very few moments in Star Wars, few endings of movies in Star Wars where I just feel this, like, insane amount of joy and, like, just, like, like happiness, and not even just necessarily happiness about, like, what has happened, but happiness, like, for the characters it's portraying, like, mm. you know, they got what they deserve, they got what they need, you know, like, the things that they had been working towards or hoping for, or whatever it it came to that point and it wasn't just like rushed there like it was it was earned and i felt like that's where we got with just about most of the characters we saw in this episode and or in the season and that just did it for me i mean it felt like i told you you know this felt like to me like the end of return of the jedi where like there's no like it's like man like this is just a perfect like wrap up it feels so final it feels like this is where this was building towards, and it makes, like, total, like, I don't have any questions about why this is what happened, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I just, perfect. like, it's I, just like Return of the Jedi. It's, it's the end, it's the war is over, the Emperor is dead, you know, it's like, let's finally celebrate. Like, holy mm-hmm. shit, we've been in war for so long, now we're finally able to relax, and we're living together. And... I, I mean, think that that's where season four is going for man. You know, it's either that next season it's going to be them laying a little dormant and allowing 
the like the empire and and these imperials to build up and fight against them or it's the active like us seeing the opposite of that seeing the group not fall into the traps that like the new republic's falling into and being lazy it's them being like oh no the empire is definitely a threat we have to you know stick like stay on this and be careful we can't allow you know for these things to happen sort of thing Mm. um so I think um, a lot of my – the storylines that I was wanting them to go into this season I think are, are just – they're happening next season or not at all. Um, and it just it just didn't happen this season. So I'm just – I'm going to have to be okay with that. Um, but and, – and I think that that's really the biggest thing is that it seems that this wasn't the idea for season three of Mando at the very beginning. If – if Rangers wasn't written, if they didn't have scale, like all these other, sh- I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel that this was the, the vision for season three. It feels that they kind of had to work with what they had, um, and and work around certain things. Mm. Um, and I kind of want to get like the big gripes out of the way, so that then I can just be positive from then on out. The the only two gripes that I can actually see and have reasons behind is. The fact that we didn't see Pedro Pascal's face, I think that that's a writing decision and probably a month. Like, I don't know what's going on there, if that was just writing or what, but I don't think that was a good decision at all. And then I just don't think they handled Gideon really well at all. Uh, the twists and his death and all that stuff. It's like, just just Gideon and and then not seeing Din's face. And then I sat back and thought about that. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a lot more upset than what I should be when these are like my two complaints that I have. No, I, I, I think there's, I think there's fair reason here. You know, I think that even, we don't even have to see Pedro Pascal's face necessarily. You know, I think there's a, uh, there's a moment in this finale where we could have done the thing. Like I, my favorite shot of this episode is the very last one, the little, the little Iris, uh, ah, come little on. Iris transition there. Uh, Iris wipe, I believe is what it's called. And it mm-hmm. just zooms in on them. Little Looney Tunes ass effect. <laughs> I think it would have been impactful if we did something kind of similar to what we did in uh, season one, episode four, where you see Din sit down and you just watch him when he's about to eat, take his helmet off and set it next to him. You know, like, but he's not sitting down to, to a meal. He's sitting down to be with his family. Like, I think that, I think that could have been compelling. Um, but the choice not to do that, I think it kind of just anchors home that he's not at all doing what we thought he might be doing as far as question, as far as questioning his beliefs is concerned. That's not it's the furthest thing from his mind. You know, uh, the whole like uh, I remember in the first episode, there was this line that he said about IG-11 where he's like, he must have defaulted to his or he must have defaulted to his old programming. And that's kind of how we felt about Din mm. coming into season three. Like, oh, well, he completed this mission, and now he's like, well, I have to be redeemed. Like, that's that's all that's on my mind. And it was. That was all that was on his mind. Once that was done, his entire story was to serve bo And I'm perfectly okay with that. You know, I think I've tweeted this, and I've been thinking about it a lot. I think bo arc in this season is the best arc that we've seen in the Mandalorian so far um of any of any character the start starting in a place where when Manda when Din comes and greets her or Jaren rather apparently uh comes and greets her at, on her throne at the beginning of the season and is like hey um 
what happened? You going to retake Mandalore? What happened to your fleet? What happened to everything? And she's like, no, nah, that all just kind of went away for me, you know, and it's because of you. It's because of your damn cult. It's because of all of this. And I can't fucking stand it. And then over the course of the series, kind of redefining her faith in herself and in Mandalorian culture through Din and through the armorer and through the children of the watch without giving fully into that lifestyle, just kind of reminding herself of what was important to her when she was younger, what made this culture special, like, and then to rise above all of that and become the ruler once again, like Mm. that's a, I'm going to tell you, that's a, that's a, that's a damn compelling arc compared to protect baby, love baby, be sad when baby goes away. And that's a great arc. I, I, I fell for it. You know, like I not fell for it. It was fucking good. It made me cry and everything, you know, like I, I loved it, but it's a much more complicated and intricate yeah. arc than anything Din's gone through. A lot in easier show. to write seasons one and two. Yes. It's just cute little adventures with a frog lady and Grogu eats a couple of them and oh Mm -hmm. no you can't eat it's like that it's a lot easier to write that and right now they're trying to write a very not just character piece it's like this is like a political massive army you know like they're this is a republic like a a new republic and rise of the first order story a galaxy implicating story that they've written and and I I agree with you I think the way they handled Bo is done very well. Um, like, definitely very well and is the best part of the season. And she is the main character now, and that's without a doubt. You know, like, now it's very... At least of the season, yeah. Yeah, this season for sure. Um, and I, I do think her arc was, was amazing. Um, it's just that I really want... I wanted more of those moments, like episode seven, or last episode, when they sat down at the table... And all talked with each other. And Bo, mm-hmm. like, kind of, like I wanted to get in the minds of every faction more and see what they're thinking instead of it just be a chess match between Paz and Axe. And then they fight, and then Grogu separates them and says, no, no, no. Like, I like that, but I think it's a lot better if that fight breaks out. And, I, like, m- more just time spent on the real moments between the people instead mm-hmm. of it you know, just being for the flashy moments that we got. I see. Yeah, no, and I think uh, I think that one of the gripes that I've understood about this finale specifically is kind of a uh, kind of a gripe that's been had with the season at large and that it is foot on the gas. This happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. Event after event after event after event. And I can get that, you know, to be sure. Um, coming off of episode seven, the stakes were as high in this show as they have ever been, you know, like mm. I do think there's an automatic lessening of tension when Din isn't immediately killed there. It's kind of like, well, if he's not immediately at least attempted to be killed, this guy's not fucking dying in the finale. You know, he had him right where he wanted him. If you wanted to kill him, he would have killed him right there. Um, yeah, that was then, a little. Ah. Yeah. Set, well, it was an interesting way to set the tone for the episode and kind of go. Oh, maybe maybe all the stakes are just kind of they've been evaporated um, by kicking off the episode with Din escaping that capture. And it's yeah, like, that was probably one of the only moments that I kind of like had a little head scratch at. I was like, is this really how he escapes? Like we've devised all these schemes where like, oh, it's Boba Fett coming to help save the day. And it's really just as simple as like 
Din Djarin fighting his way off, basically seeing Grogu and being like, oh, I gotta fight the fuck out of these dudes, better get the fuck out of here. And he's like, really? Really? Yeah, really? No, yeah. I, had, I had a similar thought, you know, I was like, oh shit, okay, that's that's fucking easy. And, and that's just not a, it's just not a good way to start something after the stakes were so fucking high, to, to follow something where the stakes felt immovable. It was like, oh man, shit's dark, things are gonna get bad. To start the episode with something immediately being undone kind of lessens the tension for the entirety of the episode. And uh that's not uh like it didn't lessen my enjoyment of it necessarily. I do think that's I but that's the thing. They they had an idea for what they wanted to do with the rest of the episode. They wanted Din to be available to fight with Grogu and fight with Bo and the way they built tension towards the end of the season was having him captured. Like that's just the uh that's just the way things went, you know, and I think it's a uh, mm. it's a little bit of a writing, a little bit of a writing problem there. But uh, I guess I it still... could it could be, or like if Gideon comes back, all of these things will come back as to be like reveals, and like he let this happen, he let them think that he destroyed all their research so that he could even go, you know, like. Um, I like to think of Gideon as like, he, he absorbs everything he sees and he improves off of it. Just kind of like Iron Man. He's crazy. He's like, anytime he sees an improvement that he can make, he makes it. And Mm. I think maybe the improvement that he saw out of that shadow council meeting, he's like the, his success heralds on the secrecy of his return, you know? So like Gideon now fakes his death. In a, in a way, you know, on purpose here, and just uses a clone. It's like that. That's I, I like. I'm trying to save it, save Gideon's story, and like that he comes back, and all of this is planned and stuff. But like, I would really hate for me to really like get in this mindset of like, oh, he's coming back, and all this was planned, and it was so maniacal and like beautiful. If it's actually that he's gone, and his clones are all gone, and it is truly that he's he's gone, gone. Well, I mean, like, if if it was gonna be a clone that died that should have been revealed this episode yeah it should not you know, wait um next because yeah. what they they just adore doing with john carlo esposito a fantastic actor someone who is so menacing and so threatening is for some reason giving him about anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes of screen time in a season um i don't get that I think it's, uh, you know, it, it builds the, like, kind of late in the game, oh, no, now we're elevating, now we are escalating. But part of the reason that a lot of this season missed so far was the lack of stakes. Imagine if we kick off this season with Gideon's escape. What if that is the first scene of this season? And all of a sudden, the entire season is recontextualized as oh man Gideon's out yeah it would that whenever whenever we see all the imperial fighter like because the imperial interceptors and tie fighters that come and attack them in episode three at the beginning and blow up Bo-Katan's home at the end those came from Mandalore they were right there they didn't have to leave they didn't have to go very far you know what I'm saying oh my god I just I didn't realize that until now yeah they were, they, were, like, they were already in the system. That That's why oh. they got there so fast. That's why they could do and all you're that. You're so like, right. Was... Like, they could have... Gideon is somewhere, but saved by Beskar. You know, there's a fragment of Beskar, and you can have, like, a little 
conflict in between the group and they're like oh no you did you know you must have done it you must have done it like everyone freaking out on each other and then it comes oh, out and i it. even i even have this like image in my head of like the opening star wars like credits thing where like or not credits like the title sequence where it's like flashing mm-hmm. through all the helmets where it's like a new republic prison tra- this is new republic prison transport da, 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 da. we are under attack we are under attack there's you know like something like that and it's like the the line goes dead Gideon's out. We don't know where, but Gideon's out. Like all of a sudden, the entire tension for the entire mm. season is improved. And like, uh, yeah, that's uh, I I think they they banked too much on the late in the game twist, you know, um, because mm. even that, you could still like you could keep the season exactly as it is after that, and it feels different, you know, for me anyway. Keep the season the same after. After the reveal, like if that's the first, if that's the first thing they do in the I season, gotcha. you could yeah. keep everything else the exact same, and the tension is automatically higher. Yeah, I mean that, that's, and I think without a doubt, like episode seven. I mean, I love the finale, but episode seven was just a better overall episode. Oh yeah, like, it was like it was a better. This, it was there a more were stakes. Better. It was like, oh my god, it got us to, you know, we were theorizing every day. Every day there was something that we were like, oh, we didn't think oh, about this. If? You know, like, oh, my God, we didn't think about this. I was like, the armorer is Maul's daughter. Uh, Gideon was <laughs> Din's dad at one point. And then we're like, no, probably more of an uncle. And then, you know, and then we're like, oh, yeah, well, let's – maybe Thrawn's going to come back and absolutely wipe out Gideon. You know, so, like, we were having fun. Like, we had so much fun with, you know, that episode. And that's that's what the – second to last episode of a season supposed to do it's supposed to get you to spin and not know where you're gonna go and then whenever it happens in front of you it's you don't want it to be exactly what you expected you know mm. um or else it's just kind of too obvious yeah but and in, i just can't believe I, i'm kind of going off on that i can't believe that we talked about all these people all these different people all these different theories about who the fucking traitor is like who's the one spitting the spitting the shit yeah. to gideon literally just nobody like, and is Literally that a community no one. problem, or is that the show's problem leading us into that way? What does the community have to do with this, Joe? This is Star Wars. No, I mean, like, because that's all we were focused on is, like... <laughs> what does Joel McHale have anything to do with us? I mean, yeah, like, no, yeah. Uh, where does... Well, yeah, yeah. No matter What's where you face doing here? No matter if you're on YouTube, on Twitter, if you're anywhere, it was, who's the spy? Oh, here's no. my armorer theory. Here's my... I think it... I completely understand why the Star Wars fandom went wild with that because they were they were faux pawing us. They were re- they were leading us down a road. They were pulling a red herring big time. They titled the episode "The Spies." There is only one evident spy in the episode. Like they knew what they were doing. They wanted they were honey dicking us. They, they were, were honey dicking. Yeah, they you know, like us. they 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 knew what they were doing, but also. When you look at the episode, there's nothing that Gideon knows that anyone would have told him. Mm-mm. You know, like there's the <laughs> he learns from Elia Kane that the two Mandalorian factions have come together. If it was the armorer, why wouldn't she have already told him that? You know what I'm saying? Like sh- shit like that. That's that's the that's the sort of stuff where it's like. And then everyone was like, oh, they got led into a trap. It was just really well planned on the Imperials part, like ambushing them in that spot 
retreating quote unquote into that room, trapping them in between a couple doors. And that's that like, it's, it was super like, I think a lot of people are, and I completely understand because I was right there with them. Like I was like, there has to be another spy, but in retrospect, like there's enough there to be like, I don't, I don't think anybody is, you know, like we were, we were going with the armorer really strong because there's this predisposition to distrust her. You know, we have this idea in our head that she is a cult leader because Bo-Katan, someone who we trust, generally regards her as such. But throughout the season, what Bo-Katan comes to realize mostly is that she doesn't, she kind of fucks with the armor. You know, like she's, she's, she's kind of down with what they've got going on. She might not be all in on it. She doesn't want to take, take this path. She doesn't want to walk this way, but she's also not like, you know, they've accepted her and everything. She's, she's like, well, these people are pretty fucking cool. You know, like, it's not like it's. Paz Vizsla risks her life, his life for her, for that. I, I you know? still feel like there's there might be something going on with the with the armor, um, like maybe, and that's why I'm, I'm still holding on a little bit. Like we still didn't see the people she delivered, you know, all the injured people that she mm. delivered. Uh, we didn't like. It makes sense if she just went to the ship and dropped them off, but like, was she dropping them off in the big cruiser that was? Then just I went down. That so was like, the plan. So she went there, dropped off some unhealthy people. I guess I don't know what happened to them, but then she's on one of the drop ships ready to go, you know, sort of thing. So, like, there are still some gaps, and there are, like, there we were suspicious of her for some, you know, the horns on her helmet. I think that's, we still don't know exactly what, you know, like, she says Death Watch is gone and that it's, you know, reduced to nothing. And, like, I, there's something still there. Like, there's a part to her past. Whether she's a, a Gideon spy or not, I think that there's something that she's hiding that if everyone else knew, they wouldn't think of her the same. Mm. But, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. I don't think it's, like, maybe on the level that she wants to kill people that take their helmets off and that you have to have Mandalorian blood. Maybe it's not to that degree, but maybe it's just like um, something that happened in her past. I'm not sure. No, there's a, there's some really great um, mask acting by Emily Swallow at the end of this episode um, and voice act, voice acting by Emily Swallow whenever, uh, whenever Din's like, I'm going to adopt him. Like, this mm. is going to be my son then. Like, that's, that's how we're going to go about things. When she says, this is the way you can tell she's smiling. That's incredible mm. to be, to be wearing a helmet yeah. and acting that way. Like, and the, I don't mean that to be like, well, then she's automatically immune to being anything bad. No, like, I mean, there's, yeah. I, I just thought that performance was really impactful. I think it clearly means that she is 100% down with people who aren't of Mandalorian blood joining. She's always been open to foundlings. She's always been open to, uh, like that's like their whole the foundlings are the future that's her whole that's been her thing since season one episode one you know like when we met the armorer the first shit she talked about was how foundlings are the most important thing in their tribe you know when bo-katan saves ragnar they're like a you saved a foundling this and is. that's why i'm like i don't know i look if there is some big reveal that they're waiting on you know like because wouldn't it be really nice to lead us on this spy path, we all think it's the armor. We're for sure, you know, everyone was almost certain that it was the armor, and then they're mm. like, "Nah, let it cool, 
let it cool until, you know, mid-season, season four, and they're like, bam, actually, you guys were right, you know, and I, like, and then it, it does, because that's the thing, if it is true, it reshapes so much, because when mm. she, when she became a spy is very important at that, you know, at yeah. that, so it's like, but that's the thing, is that, I don't, I, we were led that way to believe that there was a spy in their ranks. I don't blame the community fully, you know, like whenever I was no, saying, like, is it, is it the community's fault, you know, for focusing on it too heavily? There's a balance, for sure. Um, but, like, I don't know. That they, I hate that it come like, it's almost coming down to a title. Because I feel like if the episode wasn't titled The Spies... Wouldn't have thought all a of single stuff fucking would thing not have, of it. Yeah, all of the stuff wouldn't have really happened. No, yeah, they knew exactly what they were doing. Like that's that's a they one hundred percent meant to lead us down a path and kind of uh they they meant to tease us with a red herring there. You know, I think that. Uh, hmm. And then even the beginning of this episode, we don't see the armorer until she goes, uh, boat lady crees your reinforcements yeah. have arrived you know like that's the first time we see her in the finale the entire time like when i was watching it last night i was like where the fuck is the armorer i was like what is she doing what is she up to and then she just shows up like that i'm like oh okay dope um it's uh if but what that implies is that she made it to the ship she was there when axe was like we gotta fucking go sick she ass. Got on the ship. like axe as he's flying up, like, he's like, all right, I got to make this, you know, like, fast. You know, he had to move. So he's, like, telling everybody what to do. And then they don't realize that he's, like, running on the ship as he's, like, telling them, mm -hmm. you know. And then he's, like, in the bridge. And he's like, well, what are you guys, like, waiting? You know, like. Right. And I, I think he was even, like, he even said that, like, Bo-Katan needs our help right now. Yeah. You know, and I was like, like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, that's, we were suspicious that he was That's the spy, what we but, like, needed to be like, okay, this guy's fucking cool, you yeah. know? Like, he, he said, he, Bo needs our help, and he was the one who piloted that shit to, like, mm -hmm. you know, go down with the ship. Like, he, if he's still a spy, then he is, like, doing the absolute most to stay, like, to, on his cover. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, yeah, no. Axe, and he's the one at the end, full Mandalore, you know, him Dude, screaming it first. Like, loves that. No, that's act, the shit. Yeah. You've been talking about how, uh, off mic, you know, I don't want to mm. like uh, sn snitch on you or nothing, but this <laughs> off mic, you've been talking about how that moment kind of lacks gravity for you. Like you felt like there should have been something more there. And mm. I, I couldn't, I, like, I fucking loved it. Like first watch, that was one of the moments I was like, okay, yeah, that's so fucking dope. Um, and it was because of Axe, like, Axe anchors that moment with the, for Mandalore! I know, but, like, I I feel, like, I, and I do, I love that moment, and I, it's, like, That's I don't think there's line. really, yeah, any other line. line, like, it was sick, and, like, Axe, he fully came around, you know, he was, like, he hated, is it, do we call him Jaren now? What do we call, you know, like, is it not Den? Any, you know, like, is it, is it weird? No, I mean, him? I'm still going to refer to him as Din. It's like um, calling then... Luke Skywalker, though. I guess we, we have multiple Skywalkers, so it's like, that, that's the hard part there. But if we just hmm. say, you know, but now we do have two Dins, but obviously one is just Grogu. Yeah, you one's know? Grogu. Like, that's the um... other thing, is that like, we, and I did love when Grief Karga called him Din Grogu. I was like, that was, oh, that just works. 
Like yeah. it, that one kind of gave me chills. Like, and again, this is the second or third watch. Like the first time I watched, you know, you catch me at about 3 a.m. and I'm probably not in the best mood. Um, so like that's, uh, that's another factor here. Whenever I stay up to watch something at 2 a.m., my immediate reaction might be negative simply because of the, I mean, I was tired as fuck at 1.30. I really had to power through to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Forge scene though, the part that I wish, I, that I wish could have been added is just a speech by Bo-Katan. Um, I, I really like the moment. It was very powerful. You know, it, it, for a fast moment to get the message across, they did well. And that's the thing is, I think that's like the main gripe I have of the season is that moments that should have had more time and to breathe. focus on just didn't. And very triumphant, very badass acts in everyone's screen. Like I, in all the clanking, like it, it was sick. Everyone standing there felt super heartwarming and it's, you know, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. I just, but if I Bo just says, loved the, no, go ahead, go ahead. Like Sorry. if Bo is like, the plants are growing again. They thought that they bombed our planet out of existence, but look what we just did. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know what she has to say. Anything for, like, the future of Mandalore instead of it just being visual, you know? Like, mm. like the Darksaber's gone. She can't just do that anymore. And the equivalent now was relighting the forge, and that was, like, the visual thing. But, like, I don't know. I wanted her to just... She's the leader of these people. You know, and they just retook their home planet. Like, I don't know. I I, I don't I think, know. Uh, I think Jonathan Larson was spitting, man. Mm. Actions speak louder than words. You know yes. the the imagery yeah. the imagery of the armorer handing that like because the armorer's whole thing is forging. You know the the idea that she would be willing to hand off leadership. Because half of these people follow the armorer, half of these people follow Bo-Katan. The fact that she's willing to literally pass the torch to Bo-Katan is a sign that this is the person we're all following. I think that, and that's another thing, where the writing of this season is lackluster. The things Rick Famuyiwa can do with visual storytelling is fucking outstanding. Because I got everything I needed to out of that moment because of the actions taken. You know, and the way that uh, another, like we said, Axe Woves is an unsung kind of hero of this episode, kind of an mm. epic character in this episode. But uh, the performance by Simon Cassianides there in that moment, whenever he yells for Mandalore, like the genuine oh, fucking yeah. pride yeah. on his no, face. It was like it was awesome. Yeah, no, it felt epic. good. I love that. Li- like, I was trying to think if there was any other li- like, I don't think there's any other line to go with really there. Uh, like I it gotta, was like the delivery of it was good, but hi, even his performance of like him jetpacking up mm. and like li- literally we were like, how's he going to get to the fleet? You know, we were like, how's he going to get there? Like the ship left, the he literally life. just flew through that shit. And I'm like, oh my God, he's doing that right now. He's like, yeah. I have to do it, you know, some G shit. And whenever he gets up to the bridge and he's like, go, go. Like, I don't know. It was, it felt like. I don't know. It felt it felt really good. Like he, oh, I think triumphant. He did, yeah. yeah, he he did he did a really good job. Um, but man, all of you hating on R five and look what he's coming in and doing. Like only you know, only had, came in to help. You know, R five had guys, one of the best scenes in this entire and all, uh, this entire episode. On the armorer, uh, Casca, Axe, 
R5 and the Enzelins was like, you know, number four. I'm like, what the f- what are you guys on? R5? Dude, he's like, all we know is that, that he, he tipped off Carson Tiva of where, you know, where the Mandos were. This is like the only thing he's done and he's just hanging out with Pelly. I know there is something going on with R5. Uh, I think he's just, I don't know, he's kind of like our, I don't know, he's just, he comes off as nervous, but look, look at what he can do, you know? He, mm. he, I don't, he, he, he got, got the job done. He opened those gates. He allowed Din to fucking pop off and have that a hallway scene. That was one of the coolest scenes um, in the entire episode as well. The, uh, the visuals when those two were like waiting on the other side, whenever he was like the last door and it's like smoking and all you can see are like these flashes and stuff. And then he slides <laughs> on through. That's the shit that makes me go. Rick Famuyiwa was like one of the best action directors in all of star Wars. Like this mm. shit was fucking gorgeous. Dude, uh, the fight choreography in this whole episode, the entire whoa. time. And, and, yes. and, and let's not just dumb it down to just Din Djarin and Bo-Katan fighting Gideon or, like, Din Djarin fighting the fucking the Imperial Guard. Commandos or the Praetorian Guards. No, dude, the fight choreography, literally, that was happening in mid-fucking air. It literally yeah. happening while people are flying There's was this absolutely moment. fire. Yo. Fire. Obvious, of course, that shot where Bo lifts the dark saber as they're flying alongside yeah. the armor. Yeah, but I think we are about to. I think you're about to say something that is already in my head, dude. Yeah, that there's this moment where she slides across a platform, jetpack boosts, fires her guns and her knee blasters. Yeah, it, it's the most yeah. fire shit I've ever oh, yeah. seen in my life. Oh. I was like, that was the coolest piece of action I've ever seen in Star Wars. And see, like, between at that first, I was the armorer in midair, just using the fucking like, what do you call those? I don't Jeez. know. The hammer it, and sickle, homie. Yeah, that was wild. The fucking hitting them with the power of communism, my fucking and dude. I, she <laughs> was just fucking them up. I think this kind of represents a good way of how I felt about the episode at first and how I feel now. Is at first. This air battle that happened, I texted Colton. I was like, "We expected Tie fighters and bombers and all this stuff to happen. You know, a massive space, you know, in orbit fight. I guess not space fight, but you know, fights in the air with the ships. And we expect, you know, even Thrawn to come in possibly and or whatever. And I'm like, man, you know, they this air ba- battle didn't happen, and it was it was like just perfect timing that they got right below the atmosphere, and then the Tie fighters went up and missed them all. But then. Now that I look at it, the actual, what we got, that fight, like, what we got because of that is way better. Like, way, way better. Um, I talked about this, I'm pretty sure it's, like, either episode one or the one where, it's either that or the episode where Ragnar gets taken away. Yeah, episode one. Okay. It's it's one of those two. Taken from the Shriekhawk? Yeah, they, they, the cock, yeah, cock. Yeah, mm-hmm. cock. Um, yeah, there. I talked about it then. I don't know which part it was, but I talked about it then about how the first person shot of like right on the Mandalorian yeah. helmet. We got a couple of those in this fight sequence that were absolutely just. That is fucking mm. awesome. I oh, Axe Wolves flying up, fucking beautiful. Uh, there was actually one of a Tie Fighter where it looked like the camera was like mounted on the Tie Fighter's wing, and it was looking at the Tie Fighters behind it, and it oh, was yeah. super fucking cool. There, there, like uh, 
These last bad. couple episodes, Rick Famuyiwa just kind of elevated the uh, the style of this season. You know, I think that uh, we had some really beautiful sequences on like Plazier, the streets of Plazier 15. Uh, the Minds of Mandalore episode was really, really good looking by uh, Lee Isaac Chung. And uh, but beyond that, I don't think that we've had like a like those were the most gorgeous episodes of this show of of this season. Mm. The uh, both the last two directed by Rick Famuyiwa and episode two, all of which take place on Mandalore, which I think is kind of, you know, important there. There's kind of a gravity to the situation whenever it's taking place on Mandalore. There's a beauty mm. to it that they elevate. And I really appreciate that they take the time to do that. Um, I but, I really think it would like, I expected it to kind of be like, we wanted Bo versus Gideon. We wanted Din versus Gideon. We wanted grow, you know, all, all people to have like kind of their individual moments and, and things to happen, but also like, it's just a war to retake Mandalore right now. Like it's crazy. All the chaos that's happening, but they somehow managed to, kind of find a way to separate the guards and Grogu at a time and Din yeah. and, and Gideon and then Bo sees, you know, Din and, and Gideon fight and she's like, oh, gotta go, you know, gotta go. And then finally it's like Darksaber, Gideon. And, mm -hmm. and you know, Bo versus Gideon. And she's she's got the saber already lit, you know. And that's like, the uh that's the other line that I was tempted to go with because it's a callback. It's just a pull through whenever ah. Bo seems to be beat and you know, Mandalorians are nothing without their trinkets. And she goes, no, Mandalorians are stronger together. And Din and Grogu come and help it to save the day, bro. That shit, that made, that made this episode mm. so fucking good. You know, I think that there's a, the, I, I completely understand gripes about Moff Gideon's demise being a little bit anticlimactic. I can completely understand that. But I think the way that, uh, the way that they handle it from the protagonist's perspective, perspective is super fucking good like the every time they they start to come at moff gideon the way he shoots back there's this moment where grogu copies his dad and like mm. slides on his knees in there and force pushes which is mm. super fucking cute uh and then din when moff gideon fires back at him slides in front of him the same way grogu just did and then Bo slides in front of din and blocks with her shield and stuff and then whenever the fire explodes and engulfs gideon both Bo and Din's immediate reaction is they dip their shoulders and protect Grogu, and then Grogu ends up being the one that protects yeah. them. I think they like, they both knew. They thought that they were like, "Well, this is it." I think, like in Din and in Bo's mind, they were like, "Yeah, we got a okay. cruiser coming down right on top of us. We know we need to get rid of Gideon. We're, we've done what we need to do, and like we're we're still gonna win." But this is you know kind of Rogue One style, like. We're here with the kid, you know, but then Grogu does what he does. And and again, a pretty great callback. You know, it's something he did, but it's something he did two seasons ago. Like, it's not like that's a, it's not like that's yeah. something he regularly does. That's, that's something that he pulls out whenever it's like, oh shit, this is a big fucking moment. And, and uh, the music's he's well there. A stronger. He's not, yeah. he's not tired as fast. Not passing you know, he's, out. He still sat down, but didn't, didn't, uh. Didn't fall asleep. Go to sleep. Yeah. Or, you know, so he's getting, he's getting stronger. He's doing the hopping. And like, that's another thing I appreciated is that they are showing the way that his training with Luke, even if it was, if, even if it was seemingly brief, mm -hmm. has come into play and been oh, handy yeah. on a few occasions. And I almost went with a Grogu line. Guards. Almost. And I, I just, I, the reason I didn't is because for Mandalore, just 
much more of a badass moment. And I don't know what he's saying necessarily, but I, he says it's it's at the very end. It's when they go to the the bar. Uh, dad? Carson, you know, yeah. It starts with a dad for sure. There's no like, doubt. Yeah. It's dad, and then I think it's like, is that IG Eleven? Yeah. It, it, it like is that IG Eleven or? Yeah. Um, hey, look who it is, or something Some along those like lines, that. you know. But it definitely starts with a dad, and yeah. I was like, dad? oh, I was like, oh my god, I w- like went back to just listen to it a couple times, and I'm like, okay, he's starting to, he's getting there, talk ish, well, and just like you know? there's that um, moment at the beginning whenever Grogu comes and sa- like Din's already done a lot of heavy lifting to try and get himself out of capture, and then uh, Grogu sh- shows up, no, no. No, and smushes the gun, and Din does that kick-ass roundhouse kick to knock oh. the dude the fuck out. And the uh, back to spray too. Grogu coming so in, just being like, cute. he's like, and Din's like, I'm okay, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And he's like, God damn, man, like that's getting in my face. It's a lot. Uh, absolutely loved that. But then, like, when he gets up, and I almost went with this line. Uh, Din says something along the lines of, "I'm gonna need you to be brave for me, okay, mm. buddy?" Because there's there's a lot of voice work that I didn't give enough credit on the first watch of this. That Pedro Pascal does a fantastic job in this last episode, and. uh that's one of those moments whenever he, he there have been a lot of moments where I felt uh the writing for Din has left me kind of cold in terms of him feeling unfeeling like he doesn't he he doesn't seem he he's he seems cold he seems distant and I know that's what he's always been but by now he shouldn't be so cold and distant. There should be a warmth to him to a degree. You know, like, like I said with Emily swallow at the end of this episode, when she says, this is the way I can hear that she's smiling. There's been this moment throughout the season. Like whenever, every time he greets grief, every time he greets grief, Karga and Karga's like, Mondo. And then he goes, Hey, Mm. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's like, it's like, I, 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 I think there's something more that they could have done. And I feel like I got that in this week. You know, I feel like Mm. there's something Pedro Pascal does to elevate his performance of uh, Din Djarin in this finale. Like whenever the Praetorian guards follow Grogu into the other room and he like, he screams no and tries to follow and like that, that's some good stuff, you know? And then at the end, Mm. whenever Emily Swallow says the line that I said, I can hear her smile. I can hear Din smile back, you know, like that's, This And that's something that I really, really need out of these actors because I feel like the mask acting, Katie Sackhoff is really good at it. And Emily Swallow is really good at it. There are a lot of times where Pedro Pascal doesn't sound, doesn't seem to be saying the things his body language is saying. And that's mm-hmm. not like the, the reason Pedro Pascal is likely not in there. So like, it's, it's just a, there's a disconnect there. You, you think know? he was in the suit at all this season? Yeah, for a few, for at least a little bit. Um, there's a the the interaction on Navarro at the end feels feels pretty Pedroy as far as his mannerisms and stuff. And I know that Latif okay. Crowder and Brendan Wayne they've done a good job of going full Padme's handmaidens with it and figuring out a way to kind of make it all feel the same. I can't really tell who's who whenever they're acting. I can tell when it's not Pedro if he's speaking though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there is there there is something to where and mm-hmm. if it is Pedro, you can tell that in the moment he wasn't saying what the voiceover saying. Like there's a uh, and that doesn't happen a ton, but it happens enough to be noticeable. Um, 
And I feel like this finale did a good job of that not happening. Yeah. Um, no, I, I had, I, I remember I had that gripe a couple times this season saying that his body language just wasn't quite matching up and that it's, it's getting a little old, you know, like it's, it's, I, I was okay with it for a little bit, but then I'm like, ah, I don't know. But this episode, I don't know if it's the action. It's just easier when it's big moments like this and it's like obvious what the emotion would be, you know, for like sort of thing. And it's like big moment. And the line that's being delivered is also has a lot more emotion behind it, you know, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this episode, there was I didn't have that gripe at all, you know, with with Den. I, don't, I, I really I thought it was done well, this episode of. Like, I don't know, I did, that, I think that's the, the goal is for you to not notice it at all. Um, when it does become noticeable, that's, that's when it is failing. Um, and yeah, I don't know, this, he, I think, I don't know, he might, I'm struggling to, to find who gets the performance for this episode. And I don't know if, if giving it to Pedro is good enough, but like his, like his voice lines and He does and everything a good job in this one, man. Um, we're nice. I uh, think there are, I think there are three right. contenders and like even two more I would hear out, you know, like the two I would hear out, Emily Swallow and Simon Cassianides. I think they both did fucking incredible as the armorer and Axe Wolves. I think like kind of That's- seamless. They're pretty fucking good at what they do. Um, the more obvious three are the big three in this episode. Din Djarin, Katie Sackhoff, and Giancarlo Esposito. There's a moment with Giancarlo Esposito when he is like, just, I talked about this last week. If you're going to do exposition, please give it to Giancarlo Esposito. Because mm-hmm. that moment when he says like, and you they were killed kids. them, you you smothered like, them before they took yeah. their first. Like, the way he like loses it at the end, like he's like, those were like his kids. Like that was like his like. Rot. Yeah, oh. he was like, oh my, oh yeah. He's it, so it, angry that his voice like dies out. He's like, mm-hmm. you smothered them before they took their first breath. You know, I was like, oh man, that was fucking good. You know, uh, uh, and 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 that whole thing, that whole mm. monologue he gives is really, really blatantly exposition heavy because like it was not obvious to me that he that what din did was killing the clones of yeah no i think that was that kind of, like at first at first i thought that they were waking up like the dark trooper sort of thing and they were running away because they were like well oh, we don't shit. know what's we happening go. but like well that's probably not going to be good so i'm like yeah they're waking up and we're about to see an army of gideons you know naked and, gideons. and them fight yeah and they, yeah i was like how are they gonna what's gonna go on there um but no they're just they're dead they're just dead they're just and, dead. And, uh, man, you know, yeah, like yeah. it, Gideon being who he is, does he hide? That's the thing, is that if he knows how to clone, I feel like he has clones everywhere. These aren't his only batch, you know. Like maybe this is his main base of operations here, but like. Does it? I don't know. Do you think he has all of his clones in one spot only? Well, no, no, because we did see on Navarro that that's what they were doing. Um, yeah, when they when they destroyed the base in season two, there was the really fucked up looking clones who I'm assuming were a stepping stone on the way to these perfect looking clones. Um, 
which is uh yeah, no he probably doesn't have much else actually his whole fleet is gone and he no no i think no, like that's, that's my it. thing that if is gideon it. is still alive he is rebuilding from rock bottom this man's fucked you know um yeah real darth maul situation exactly exactly hmm no eye creature follow-up either i was really sad i was really <laughs> hoping i was really well, hoping i'm like i'm not gonna lie to you joe that was just you Nobody, nobody expected hey, any hey, follow up on we that. We still don't know. We still don't know. We don't. Uh, that could come back around. That could. It could. I'm still holding on, but I don't know. I okay. I, I we haven't really talked about the dark saber being destroyed. Really, um, it's kind of huge. It like no. is it is it gone gone? I like are they taking this opportunity to be like we don't need it anymore? So, I think so. let's um, actually get rid of I, it. Uh, here's what I think. I think that after what happened with Bo-Katan earlier in the season and the thoughts and her, like, thinking about, like, her followers abandoned her because she lost the Darksaber. I think that the Darksaber being lost forever will help Mandalore run that much smoothly and also keep any shred of doubt out of Bo-Katan's head. Because... To me, it's just like the total and utter confirmation that these people are following her and they are, are with her and supporting her and, and the movement of the Mandalorian people strictly because like they feel like she is the most fit leader to do mm. so. And it has nothing to do with some shiny little sword. And and that's not to say the Darksaber isn't cool. No, but, like I, I just think as far as where her arc went this season, I think losing the Darksaber does more for her arc and, than, than her still having it does, 100%. in my opinion. I'm I'm 100% with you because I think, like, it's a, it's a simple, it's a simple thing. If they, if they feel they want to go ahead and recreate the Darksaber, I have no doubt the armorer is capable, capable of that. I doubt the dark kyber crystal within got destroyed. Seems like it was just the hilt got a little yeah. bent. Also, this the droid, operating system. What's the droid's name that's popping up in Ahsoka that knows every saber that's ever been made? Does Q Yang also, or something like that? Was that saber made with him, or was that like a a thing that that what is it? Uh, um, it was the first Mandalorian Jedi who did it. So like, uh, there's a distinct was that possibility. His Jedi saber was that like? Yeah, that was his. Was... That was his lightsaber. And what did that crystal count? Like, what what's up with? Do we know anything about the crystal in there? Not as far okay. as I know. Um, not not because can, can, not canonically. I guess I have just kind of prediction. I hope it's gone for Bo, and like they don't repair it or whatever. I hope it is gone. But then I hope that uh, like Grogu's like Ilum moment where he he needs to go find his crystal, you know, whatever. Um, it's a thing that they take the younglings to go do whenever you're a Jedi, you know, and it's a very like. After you you've done you know a you know all, some previous tests and stuff you go you go find your crystal and then you build your lightsaber and then it's the re, it's the real start you know and and I think that Grogu kind of does his on his own is that he's just on Mandalore and that I think maybe through because I'm just trying to think of where the dark safe where that crystal is right now. Because it was just on the platform, crushed, and then the cruiser came in, blew everything up. It's probably just down in the in the planet, you know, sort of. It's just down lost down there. Um, I don't yeah. think they grabbed it and they have, like, the broken hilt. I don't know. No, they don't. Um, um, 
That, and that's that's the thing is that like I don't want it to come back in any capacity. Yeah. I think that's I think it. if it um, if it does come back, it's just the crystal that survived yeah. down there, and it and that's the whole like maybe the the point of the story. Maybe there is infighting at that point with the Mandalorians, and that there are people that are you know there is some stuff that's going on. Not with the, the current Mandalorians that we see. I think there are still some factions that we have not seen yet. Uh, the I think that's a distinct Imperial Remnant, well. like Mandos. Like I think the troopers that we saw are kind of like the Imperial Remnant Mandos. But like I, I feel like there's more of them out there. Like if these are just the troopers that are working for Gideon, like I, I don't know. I feel like there's more. There's more factions out there that we haven't seen that I think are going to fight each other, and then maybe. Grogu's like the the true Mandela. You know, it's it's Bo and Grogu coming, you know, doing it together to have the, like the bigger unity moment. Like we have a a big triumphant. Like we got Mandalore back. We got the planet now, but we haven't even. But all people aren't united yet. You know, like all Mandalorians must walk the way. Have we seen all Mandalorians? You know. Or now that Mandalore is back, do we see people start to come back to the planet and be like, hey, finally, yes, like, I want, like, let's do this, you know, like, I hate the, I hate, I hate working for the Empire, or like, I hate being a mercenary, I hate all this stuff. Yeah, Um, no, my, my money on the future of, like, I think it would be just thoroughly disappointing if they fall back on an infighting Civil War story. Mm. That, like, I think it would kind of be the antithesis of what the entire point of this season was. Um, I think the point of this season was to show that the, and I, I get what you're saying about the potentiality of there being other Mandalorian factions. And I original trilogy Palpatine's dead. They bring him back. And that was the big hate. You know, why bring Palpatine back? It's the whole point of the original trilogy to kill him. And then it actually, I'm good with it. And I think it actually is a good decision now. So it's like, I feel like it's the same thing. It's like, you don't want the infighting to happen and you want everything to just remain peaceful and for all the lessons they learned to stay true. But that's my thing is that they just exist at a point in the timeline where there are very obvious outside forces to battle. And it would just be, and by, I guess infighting themselves, maybe I don't necessarily mean like civil war necessarily, just like, unseen factions that we haven't seen i don't think it's a true like oh i hate you and now we must fight each other from the inside you know i, I think it it would stem from like a spy coming out and being like hey i actually do hate the way that we're doing things and i don't agree and i was working with gideon and like that's a level like that's what it would take to cause infighting but it's probably just the unseen factions that we because i don't know i feel like there there probably are more mandos out there and now that the planet is open and known, you know, I guess it, I would assume they're going to spread the word, you know, sort of thing. Like it's it's going to be like a uh, Andor, like the the eye, you know, that that raid that that sparked, you know, uh, was that was heard all around. It's like, oh, this is the real start of the, you know, it's yeah. like oh, we're doing it. Uh, and maybe this no, is like I the Mandalorian the, version of that. Um, I can see that, you know, I. Uh... And it feels inevitable that there's got to be more Mandalorians out there. Like, there's a pretty major Mandalorian character that we don't see in this entire season. Sabine Wren. You know? That's too. Like, I know he's not, like, Mandalorian, Mandalorian. But, like, I I really expect... I don't know. It was kind of nuts that we didn't get... Like, there were, like, leaks with Boba and stuff like that, which was interesting. 
that I, I thought, you know, no, nothing Ahsoka, nothing Boba. I am so Boba happy that that's the case. Yeah. Like, um, the fact that this finale was focused on the story that they told, and frankly, I think it operates as I, I'm at a place where I'm kind of astonished that they're like, there's going to be a season four. For me, this was a fucking hmm. conclusion. Um, hmm. It felt like an ending. Because uh, I don't think an ending requires a character to die or decide that they're done doing things. I think that thematically deciding that Din, like officially making it that Grogu is Din's son and they go and they live on Navarro and fight Imperial remnants. That's a satisfying ending. Now, I do think there's more there's more to explore with Din as far as the removing the helmet stuff, because. I mean. Hmm. just that is that was a weird thing to kind of make the crux of a season like the 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 culmination of season two was not just that like for me it's not just that luke skywalker showed up it's that didn't showed his face to grogu when he said goodbye like that's the emotional crux of that season um and the idea that he would never do that again kind of strikes me as bullshit um yeah, I just I don't, don't see that know. being the case. And uh, I'm hoping season four doesn't film tangentially or alongside this... The Last of Us season two, if possible. That'd and be like, cool. I guess I'm confused. Like, I'm confused. It's, I want Grogu to be a Mando. No, he's too young. He can't speak. He can't take the creed. I will adopt him as my own son then. And I will give permission so that he becomes a Mandalorian. Mm. Is he becoming a, an official foundling? Or is he becoming, like, is he taking He is the taking creed? the next step. Um, but he, not the creed, not Ragnar. He can't like, speak the creed in there and he can't take the creed. But he is on the same, uh, in title, I think he's on the same level as Ragnar. Um, so it's just a nice way to get around the helmet. Because why why does he not have a helmet? Because he's not old enough to speak the creed. Yeah. Um, is that it? Like, yeah. it, are, are are they no? Because like she would have made him a helmet right then and there, and they would have had like a whole ritual, and they would have been like you know, like why did why didn't they pour like the water over his head, or why wasn't there like a a moment where Din spoke for him? Or, you know, like, uh, there was no, I feel like that they're maybe not on the same level, um, that this is like a, like a pre-foundling or like he's, he's an official, he's already been a foundling. No, you're right. He's yeah. He, w- he was a foundling. He's now an apprentice, which is something yeah. Din was at some point. Um, I, if, if you want me to be honest, I think the reason he doesn't have a helmet is because he's too fucking cute to have a helmet. Oh no, totally. I'm just yeah. like, and I I don't want him to have a helmet right now. Um, no, yeah, but that that's like, I don't think they have. I don't think they have a reason. I like that, story wise, and that's like thirty nine minutes. This rich, uh, this the relighting of the forge, Ragnar's ritual, Din coming in, like it's all like kind of moving so fast, like. I mean, it's a, it's an epilogue, you know, I think that I do, I do think these, I don't get me wrong. I think I would have, I would have loved if these moments got time to breathe. Um, like there was nothing with, to honor Paz 
and it's Ragnar. Like, I thought for sure there were going to be something, you know, like a funeral for Paz and Ragnar's. Something, like, something. And I'm like, oh, I'm waiting. I'm like, ah, like, I don't know. Finally, an emotional moment. And then it's just, oh, it, I don't know. It's just, nope. Uh, gotta- did you notice who Ragnar is standing next to at the relighting of the forge? Yeah, Axe. Axe Wolves. Yeah, It'd be pretty right cool there. if Axe Wolves yeah. adopts him as his, as his kid. You know? Oh! It'd be pretty cool. Oh, wait a minute. So, yeah, it's Dengro, but it would be... So he's Ragnar Vizsla. I don't think that would change. It would um, be just He would more Ragnar. be like a mentor. I don't think he would officially adopt him or anything. Just be uh, sick if it's like Ragnar Woes, Woes Vizsla. Right. Or, Woes, Ragnar, I don't it's know. Also, I, I love the fact that this kid, I love the fact that the baby's name is Din Grogu now. I think that's outstanding, you know. Mm. Uh, I've seen a lot of people be like, uh, why is everyone so acting so freaking, like, dumbfounded by the fact that Din wasn't his first name? Like, half the world operates that way, which is true, you know. Like, a lot of, the the, the fact of the matter is that Din sounds like more, more like a first name than Jaren. That's, that's yeah. the part that's kind and... of like... Whoa. And also, every other person in the show, their names function off first, last. Mm. Like, it's Bo-Katan, Axe, Woes, Pre, Vizsla. Like, I, it's every other person. Like, why Why would well, I uh, I'm think, assuming... Like, yeah. No, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, like, why, why would you make that leap? No, I think that... I think that what this just makes clear is that that was the practice on his home planet. Wherever, yeah. wherever he's actually from that's just what they did which like is his family cool. his family name was din his parents name was din something you know like that's cool um yeah jarn jarn yeah it's jarn yeah, it's, it's quite jarn yeah but this episode made it clear to me that like he really is on a different level than other like he he would be like the Django Fett. Like, they would choose Din to be, like, the... The DNA... It's either Bo or Din, you know? Like, for the DNA specimen of a clone army. Like, Din... He's, like... He's like that. He gave... I know, I know, like, he would have died if Grogu wasn't helping him, but he was giving the Praetorian Guards the work more than Previsla was. Paz... Paz is badass. And... The Praetorian Guards made quick work of him. You know, he, he held up for a little bit, but, like, still. Quick work. Din was sort of holding it up. Like, mm. and him... Until Grogu enters the scene. No, no, yeah. no, no. Like, I don't know. I, Din is... And the little fucking, like... <laughs> he, like, screams and then pushes the no button, which yeah. was fucking fantastic. I love Oh, that. and I think some... I don't know, uh, imagery, maybe... That that I picked up on, and I, I want to get your your thought on it. Whenever Grogu separates the guards into the Shadow Council room, and they start slicing the the things on top, the little mm-hmm. ring, the projector ring, they were like slicing off, uh, like the Shadow Council, like separating them, like making them weaker. Like I felt, and it was very interesting. The part of the ring that fell on Grogu and that trapped him, it was. Uh, Thrawn's right hand man. It's where his projection was, right there. Like that part. It was the very end, and like that's the part that trapped him. Is like right, right there, which was, which cool. was kind of interesting. Is that he was, 
kind of running around and and laughing, you know, on top of that. He was kind of having fun in that moment. He, yeah, dude, kind of, he, you know, he, he was, was laughing. Around, that leaping. was hilarious. And, and I think it, it's kind of like, you know, he's he's walking on the Shadow Council like like they're kind of nothing. But but the one that actually kind of got him and that trapped him for a little bit there was was Thrawn's right-hand man's. Like, but I don't know. I, it could just be... I don't know. It, it, no, it that's seemed, interesting. I didn't. I didn't catch were, that. They were oh. slight and like they were slicing them off. Very like, uh, like it was clear that that was like that one person's like spot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like the slices they were making and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but uh, no, I, I think like it, it. it could be pretty cool that like, I'm pretty sure it what like the spot the bar that trapped him is like that's right where. That's cool. Gen- cool. what, it started with a P. Per- Pelion. Pelion, yeah. Um, where he was. Or Pelion. But I don't know. I like like that separation where Grogu, yeah, he's like, no, no, no. He separated them, got them to fight, allowed Din to fight Gideon on his own for Yo, a little bit. Din versus Gideon, not just the fight choreography, but the way that the light shines off of their suits while they fight was fucking awesome just sort of like because it's a dark it's a darker scene but the reason it's dark is so the reflections of the suit can like really shine and it really works that way and i really uh i really really enjoyed that but uh mm. yeah man i want to go through favorites just because i feel like mm. we've i I just want to floor it through the f- favorites my favorite character was din Djarin. felt like uh i felt like we finally got sort of uh you know, character work with him, you know, like I said, I think we haven't really been, uh, focusing on Din and that's perfectly okay with me because we've been focusing on Bo since season or since episode two, uh, when he redeemed himself and mm. then episode seven and eight, they really brought that back around the, the line he says in episode seven about how it, it's not bloodline or a sword or anything that makes him follow Bo. It's her. She's worthy ends up being a thesis for why everyone follows Bo, which is really, really cool. Um, his willingness to officially adopt Grogu as his son, which I think is kind of inevitable. I'm glad they, I I don't know. I didn't anticipate that being like a moment. I thought that was just kind of implied. Um, yeah, we were already there and we at were the already end of season one. Yeah. The armorer goes, you will be as his father. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to know that it's like, it, it this is like at the courthouse, you know, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. it's just this like is, it, it was adoption. There was there was the the informal one where it's like, yeah, I'll watch you. But now this was kind of like the signing of the papers that sweet. Right. You know, you see those those videos on Twitter or like a thing where it's like, you know, showing yeah. the, the parent, yeah. the papers. And it's like, like a sweet moment. It's kind of that's, yeah, yeah. That, I, that and I loved moment. it. You know, I loved um, I loved yeah. that. And then his going to Navarro or not going to Navarro, going to Adelphi Squadron and being like, mm. yeah, man, like. I'm trying to settle down with my boy here and was I can only of, take him on some journeys. So if you're trying to kind of funny though, cause he's like, I'm still going to need money. You oh know? yeah. Every night, like man still needs to eat. And I know I'm kind of about it. Um, and I got Grogu on my side. So obvious, like obviously you're going to say yes to this. You yeah, want me on yes. your side. He's like, you've already thought about it. Yeah. Like, um, I think okay. putting IG 11 back together to be the Marshal of Navarro, which I'm like fantastic choice there. We were speculating at the beginning of the season who becomes the Marshal of Navarro IG 11. They bring him back and that's who yes, it is. Like, IG-12. and it works perfectly. He defended the city originally. And then like everyone knows him. Everyone already kind of regards him as the savior of the city. Now he's coming back as the Marshal. That's fucking cool. 
Um, so in well, did that without the Anzellans. Um, IG twelve gone. Yeah, IG twelve dead. Do they make something else for him? Or um, maybe does he just waddle we... around? Because he's, like, running next to Din. Like, he's keeping up, which is hilarious. I don't know if you caught that going into, like, the Adelphi Squadron bar. He's not just, like, like struggling behind. That man's fucking running to keep up with Din. Really? His, his little feet are, like, moving. And uh, it's, funny like that that. His, it's funny that his arms never move. I absolutely think that's hilarious, too. Yeah, he just kind of waddles. Yeah. He just kind of <laughs> waddles. Uh, but, yeah, he's, like, sprinting to keep up with Din. I'm, I'm imagining that... He'll probably return to Navarro. Like, since he's on Navarro, the Anzellans will probably make him a prim. That's my guess. Uh, okay. That's, uh, that's just. Oh my God. Yeah. He is running. Look at those little legs go. Dude, he's having to work so hard just to keep up with Din walking. Like, it's yeah. so cute. Yeah. No, like, uh, I, I'm willing to bet the Anzellans make him okay. another prim. Like, that's where my money's at right now. Um, mm. And I'm just glad they have a home. You know, they lived on the Razor Crest. They just kind of cruised by in the N1. Now they have a base of operations. They can return to Navarro. And I like to think that this is, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. Like, hopefully they didn't build over Queel's burial. I like to think this is around there. Like, this is about where that happened. Um, and like they go, they go 10 yards one way in or their some, backyard. something yeah, no, that's in their backyard. There. Like the stone. Oh, no. Okay, next season if that's they better do something with that's pretty good. I mean, like, yeah, why not? Why not visit Quill's grave? You know, like, just like you live there where you buried him. Like, this guy's a huge moment. Yeah, now, now we got Navarro, we got Mandalore, uh, Plazier fifteen, Tatooine a little bit. It's on its way. Uh, On its way there. Yeah, no, no Boba, which was a little that's that's Mm -hmm. something, but um. But no, I, Regardless. I, that whole talk was for Din being your character, and I, I fully agree with you. This episode, I think it's Din. Um, yeah. Or Jaren. Um, yeah, Jaren. It, it's it's Jaren this episode. You know, it, his little conversations with R5, you know, good job, buddy. You really did good. And R5 yeah. being like, yeah. He's like. He's like, the way he's like, I'm sorry, man. I don't speak binary, but I'm really counting on you. Uh, uh, love it was that. so good. Yeah, it was so good. And I don't know. I think. Yeah, then then as it's Bo-Katan for the season. That's right. If if it's a yes. character of the yes. season, it's Bo-Katan, that's without a doubt. Um and almost this episode too. Like, <laughs> you know, close close to it, but it, I think uh giving it to Din where we can. Um here, I think I will go ahead and do. I Din. I agree completely. Season season Bo episode Din. And then season and episode performance Katie Sackoff for me. Yeah, yeah. I um, think that's that's it's hard to give it to anyone else uh for this as a season. But I, I don't know, maybe this episode I actually will go. Who played Axe Woes? Uh Simon um, Cassianides. I don't know. I think it is small, but really he brought he actually got, brought he a lot the this heat episode. In his in like, his scenes, this man. episode was I don't know, I really liked it and him flying up, him for man, like every time he was on for screen, Mandalore. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I think for he's Mandalore. he's the hype. You know, he's the hype man. He's the Dude, no, he's like, the one that's going to start every chant. If frankly, I'm over one. here regretting I didn't have him in our top 100 right now. I'm like, I God, know. I wish I had Axe Wolves at some he, point because he's he not top 50, off. which sucks. Yeah. But like, um, hey, next yeah. year, next year um, I've got an easy addition. 
and Axe Wolves. But uh, so yeah, um, I think I'll give it to him. For this I love episode. that. I love that. He's uh, um, he did fantastic, and uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, what about you, Kyler? You got a favorite uh, uh, performance and character for this episode? Um, performance. I'm gonna go with. I know he didn't have as much to do in this whole season. But I am going to go with Giancarlo Esposito because I just, every time he takes this screen and he says, this the line delivery is just like something that sticks with you more than like just about anything else in a season, it feels like. Mm. Um, like I think back to like season one and like it'll be just me walking down the living room and yes, exactly that line right there. You have something I want. And yeah. I say it all the time and it's just like he captures like, it's like you talked about, I wish there was a little more to do with him in sometimes, in some cases, because, like, you just know he would eat that shit up. Because, like, if he was actually, like, vetted and backed like a true villain is in a lot of shows, boy, could he really do some numbers with it. But Like, a lot say, of the other shows that he's in, you know? Uh, like, yeah, I'm I mean, watching Better Call Saul right now, season six just came out. He's already had more screen time in the first two episodes of that than he did in the entire season of Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I just, that's going to be my performance just because, like, I just, we're probably not getting it again. In my opinion, I think he's gone for good. I think he's a uh, roasty toasty, but uh, that's just me. Coming back, um, Darth so Vader I, I'm going with him as my character, or my performance, sorry. Um, Character-wise, hmm. Damn, this is tough because I got like three that are up there and I got like two that I really want to choose between, but man, I'm going, I'm going Din Djarin. I just have to, I have to, I can't not. Bo-Katan had a great, great season and I think we gave her plenty of love this season. I don't feel bad about shortchanging her this episode. Right. However, seeing her story wrapped this episode was quite, quite Well, and that's why we beautiful. typically also do a season-long favorites, and I would argue that Bo gets the Bo gets both uh, character and performance. I think Katie Sackhoff as Bo gets performance for the season, and she gets the character of the season. Yeah, man. I mean, R5. No, I'm just playing. totally. She just, ah, man. It's, it's I mean, Bo-Katan. She just had an arc that was just so easy to fall in love with the character. They just made it really easy on you as a viewer to be like, man, I just want the best for this character. And like, Absolutely. Um, are we doing scene or? Yeah, that's a, that's the next stop on this. Uh, my favorite scene on a personal note has to be the adoption. Um, the official adoption of Din, uh, or of of Din Grogu. Yeah, there you go. Mm, Did, mm-hmm. Didn't misspeak technically. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just loved, like I said, I've I've mentioned Emily Swallow and and Pedro Pascal's performance in that scene a couple of times now. It's extremely fucking good. Um, the connection Grogu makes with the Mythosaur at the end of the scene, it's pretty. Seems like a pretty big deal. Like it'll eventually come back around. Um. Man, kind of another thing. They really teased that mythosaur early on, huh? Oh, and, and uh, I think we we interpret it as a as a tease. Well, and that big monster in episode seven being like yeah. the tease again, you know, and then ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I see it as a tease for sure. I wanted but it to I be do done think well. It, served, it okay. served a purpose. It's not like it was completely devoid That's of. True. Like sure. it, it helped propel Bo's arc. Like that's what made her go, "Oh shit, maybe I need to rethink some things." How the fuck don't they go down there though? Like, 
Yeah, hey, it's interesting. I that saw a Mythosaur. That's why the armor is like you are the one who can unite us. You saw the Mythosaur. Yes. They don't go for proof. Like they don't just go down there and they're maybe he and... ain't nothing to be fucked with, Joe. Guess, you ever think about that? Maybe he's that. about that action, we, like, boss. We we have to assume all of this. Why aren't we like? Why don't we hear from them as like? Hey, yeah, that's a mythos down there. Maybe he doesn't want to get rode. Maybe he doesn't want to be ridden. No, I know he he's having a, he's having a slumber a down there. Uh-huh. You ever think about he's that? Chilling. No, he's chilling. In my head canon, it's it's the Mythosaur's like piss and shit that gives the water the ability for it to like forge Beskar. It's just that he's chilling in there and he's pissing, you know, and like that's the yeah, that's the that's the secret sauce in all their armor. It's his piss and shit. So like, I'd rather you're getting the living waters animal style. Is that what I'm hearing right now? Where you're getting the animal? My favorite scene was the adoption of uh, of Din Grogu. I thought that shit was adorable. So uh, nah, fuck that. We ain't said nothing. Fuck Joe. It's fuck Joe till I die. (laughs) Give me uh, give me one of your guys' favorite scenes. I'm I'm going with the air battle. Um, and and I guess Gideon's fight as well. It's kind of it all happens at the same time. Um, but I now mean, it's it, really fucked, Joe. Now it's no. really fucked, Joe. Hey, no, we can come together on this. It was, it was a scene no, that I will never join you. <laughs> you know, now you're switching. Oh, this was what you're going with. There, there you go. You are not with me. You are against me. I was kind of against the scene at first because I'm like, man, I wanted this massive uh, air, you know, fight scene above the atmosphere with all the ships. But then what we got was way more badass, like the the shot of the armor and bow coming in and just, I mean, no, that was fucking awesome. That really was something sick. And I'll be honest, I thought we had seen some cool shit with the like jetpack and like the like midair like fighting and stuff last episode but man they really went up to this one they they, they really did unique. that yeah it wasn't um, they weren't refreshing and recycling things it was all new and fresh no nah, like, that Whoa. was something man i really enjoyed that you are right i did enjoy that scene a lot and and i would say that's my favorite but i think like in hindsight like i don't know do i wait for him to come back or, or do we just keep on rolling this bitch colton's not anywhere actually i'm sorry i'm not exposing anything he's just no. chilling I mean, but um, that, that's the thing is, like, how much of the air battle is also the Gideon fight? Because they do happen at dude, the same time. Dude, I just love, and, no, like, okay, but if we can take shots. a moment, yeah, if we can take a moment to talk about it, because you, yeah, transitioning shots is kind of part of that, but, like, man, dude, the fucking, like, the stakes that that fight feels like it's taking on, because you know that, like, the time is of the essence, because, like, you feel like Din's kind of getting worked for a minute there, and then like Din separates from Bo, and then you feel like Bo's kind of getting worked for a minute about. there. Yeah. And There's then like Axe Wolf is literally oh. just also yeah, an Imperial cruiser, a fucking mega ship into coming the in. fucking yeah. coming in. He is dive bombing an there. entire Imperial yeah. fucking fighter ship into the same area where exactly. they are all fighting so at you, the you same. You have like the balance of oh that was fucking sick when Bo you know is holding the saber the armor is slicing and and you have these kills and you're like okay that was sick but then also you're you're reminded you're like oh wait a minute they need to go yeah, like dude, they need no, to like the chaos like, of that scene yeah. is just unparalleled <laughs> because at all in the matter of five minutes you have all of the Mandalorians fighting all of the Imperial commandos and that shit looks sick as fucking you're like whoa and then you're like. Axwell is like, I am piloting the Imperial command ship into the fucking heart of the planet. 
Get the fuck out of the way. Meanwhile, Bo-Katan is getting, well, first of all, Din's getting worked by, by Moff Gideon. And then he separates and Bo-Katan starts getting worked by Moff Gideon. And then they come together. And all the while, my fucking Axe Wove is abandoning ship as an Imperial fucking starship. It's just badass, dude. Dive bombing into the planet. That was a pretty epic like, sequence. I was thinking, epic was, no, I mean, the whole time you're just like, you gotta get the fuck out of there. Like, at some yeah. point, you gotta just get the fuck out of there. And they're just like, pew, 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 just fighting the fuck out of Moff Gideon. It's like, bro, then he it, just, it ain't worth he just it. It ain't. Immolates. He just holds his arms out and is like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and Man, that's... that scene was awesome because, like, no, Joe, we t- like, uh, that's really what I was getting. I know I've been mm. a little all over the place, but the stakes of that whole scene oh, where yeah. it's like, it's just building, you know, it's like, he's gonna crash soon, right? Like, they're still fighting and they're still down in the depths of that shit. Yo, Are they the gonna get been, like entering as the yeah, other? I, I mean, he really out. did drive that shit right down Main Street. I mean, he hit it <laughs> on the nose. He did not miss. That was no. Him. That man. That man knew what he was doing. He but, piloted uh, that shit right down the middle. I tell you what, he he did not miss. He did not <laughs> miss. That, does that give us both of your guys' scenes then? No, I'm no no. Because I went with it, he's switching his scene. Because, no, because I, yeah. it's fuck uh, Joe yeah. forever. So Joe. he's got to pick something else. It's Jover. <laughs> it's Jover. <laughs> but what else do you go with then? We have the adoption uh, and, and basically the air battle and Gideon. Well, it what, feels what pretty with? obvious. Mm. Um, I'm just going with the last. Like, I know this isn't technically one scene, kind of unfair, but if Joe gets to have the whole air battle plus the Moff Gideon fights, slash I mean, it was going back and forth, and there were yeah, transitions. Yeah, 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 I'm not complaining. I'm going with like the 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 like Navarro like clothes because it just felt like such a like healthy rap to it all. Like, it just felt right that the story closes with like the most easy i hate to say easy but like the dynamic between those two characters that is where the stakes feel like all-time low for me at least this season like the the like whenever those two are interacting together you just feel like that is the most safe and comfortable that that din feels in the show is when he is at Mm -hmm. on navarro with grief carga and like that whole close and then just Having this quiet place to just lay his God, head. I loved it. And 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 I mean, Grogu's gonna have all the abundance to fuck around with and just be, gets be to a play fucking in the sun. kid. You know, there's that kid. line from episode five whenever he's like, "Maybe we return to Navarro and give our children a chance to play in the sun." Like that's what he ends up doing. You know, he ends up going back to Navarro and letting his kids. I play I just I can't shake that like. As far as evoking emotion, I don't know if there has been – there are very few moments in probably television slash movie viewing period, but especially Star Wars that have quite just brought me, like, to such a, like, joyful moment. Like, that just was, yeah. like, oh, as, as 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 happy of a moment. And, it, again, it's not like, oh, that just made me so happy. It's like I'm only happy because I know that, like – it's almost like I keep paralleling Marvel and Star Wars, and I feel like people who listen probably hate me for it. 
But like it's almost like the the now again this sucks because like it's a sad moment Tony Stark dying at the end of Endgame spoiler yeah. alert if you haven't watched that already get the fuck yeah. out of your house you, you know that happened yeah. yeah but anyway um and it, you know it's like Pepper Potts like it's like you can rest you can now rest or what or whatever she said specifically it's almost like that type of moment where it's like he has like peace of mind for once like. You look at what he was attempting to accomplish by the by the beginning of the season, and then how quickly it happened, and then how quickly everything spiraled out of control from that point. It's just like, man, like the man deserved a moment to just sit down, have a nice chill. cocktail, just like just, just get a chill nice out, get man. a nice little flag and a spatchka. How do we yeah, not I, see that bottle, that grief card? You know, I really thought that we were gonna crack it at the end. You know, and he like oh, he yeah, was gonna I like about have that. it like. I don't know, like a little whiskey glass or something, you know, I don't know, something, like, that's, that, like, it's the, just those little things that I think could have strength, you know, like, everything that happened this season was cool, like, the events that happened were great, the moments that we got were great, just if we been, just, could have been executed, had right, more yeah. time just to sit with the characters, have, you know, I don't know, one-on-ones, but, and... something that, like, isn't lost in that, too, is, like, you know, like, everything comes together. Like, not only do we get to see, like, Navarro have some problems solved, and, like, just before that, you have the Forge being reignited, and Bo-Katan having that, like, self-gratification of, like, wow, like, everything that I didn't have and I had lost at the beginning of this season of television is now officially mine. And and more in a sense of, like, I mean, that's just... That she just uh, she did that she earned that Bo you know Bo-Katan, Dinjarin, Grogu, Grief Karga, all these characters got exactly what they deserve, and it's just like how could you ever not just have like the utmost satisfaction and happiness about that? Mm. You know, no dark saber this time. No dark saber needed. Taking mm. back Mandalore is what mm. did it. You know, how how do you not follow Bo after that? And yeah, they're, I don't know. Din Bo getting I mean, Enrique. Din is officially, okay, th- that's that's why I think it's it's important um, that Din is officially Grogu's father now, is so that <laughs> if Bo gets married to Din, then it is actually mom, you know? Like, they're, like, it's, I think, like, is it inevitable that they actually get married, or are you are you still hoping that you know on the armorer and and bow train? No, no, I'm I'm I I think that uh, the armorer and and that's the thing. I'm kind of reached. I've kind of reached a place where I think it's all platonic. I I don't think any of it's mm. going to happen. But uh, I uh, I really really I still I'm still holding out hope that Dinbo can work out because that's that's my premiere. Like I. Their connection is really, really strong. I like mm. the chemistry Katie Sackhoff and Pedro Pascal have is kind of impeccable. Like they, they're really, really good together, you know. And I just kind of hope that maybe we can come back around to it. But given the end of the season, it doesn't feel like we're going to go any sort of romantic route. And that's okay with me. You know, I, I was never banking on it. It was just kind mm. of like a hope. I was never like expecting it or anything. I just thought it would have been cool. You know, there, there are a lot of things that people that worked on the show said that like implied a lot more than what kind of happened. You know, Brendan Wayne, one of the stunt doubles for Din Djarin said, you know, uh, 
the the finale is kind of heartbreaking, which it's like the opposite of that. Um, then at the or Pedro Pascal at the premiere of The Mandalorian said, like, wait until you see what she does to me. Talking about Katie Sackhoff, what did she do to him? I don't know. Fucking nothing. Um, you know, I th- like it was I, I there was a lot said by people behind the scenes that I just don't think came to fruition, which I think is part that lends itself to the expectation management. It's like when Look you're hearing this. stuff from people who worked on the show, you, yeah. fe- you usually feel like that's pretty reliable. Wait you know? till you see what we've kept secret that you won't yeah. believe that we were able to keep secret this whole time. I don't fucking know, man. And that's okay. Like, that, and that's the thing is that like it, they got to do things to hype up their season. I get yeah. that. You know, they got to say things that make you go, Oh shit, I can't fucking wait. I have to watch. Um, but that's the thing I think that at some point they got to know their audience and kind of be like, they're going to watch. You know, like it's not it's not like we're out here like I don't know, I'm kinda tired of the Mandalorian. Maybe I don't tune into the season three. No, everyone who watched seasons one and two was gonna watch season three. It's just an it, it was inevitable. But uh Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I uh I really appreciated this finale. I really appreciated uh I in retrospect, I really appreciate the season. Like I, I'm left in a place that's just overwhelmingly satisfied. Um but do we have any any last favorites to give? Is, is line still left? I know me and you went with for Mandalore, Joe. But Kyler, you yeah. you got a different line there. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it, no, no. It kind of just was the line. Yeah. No, no. I'm gonna. I don't know. It's really hard. Like, I mean. If I can't, if I'm not taking the scene with the adoption, I'll take the lines of the adoption. Because, like, that just built to such, like, a satisfactory moment. Like, the lines of all of that. Like, I don't remember the exact total verbiage, but, like, hearing Din Grogu for the first time was just, like, a, oh, man. Just, like, a, just a right? sad. Like, she says, uh, make sure it is written in song mm. that Din Djarin is accepting this foundling as his son. He is mm-hmm. now Din Grogu. Mm. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. And like that that's another thing about, like, Emily Swallow's armorer voice is that there's something, like, kind of, like. He lets her words breathe so well, yeah, I feel like. She, like, she gives good. them weight. Like, she, yeah. she gives them weight in a way that very few, like, faceless actors, like, could do, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, like, when, like, she, says, when she says. It is extremely impressive. He is now Din Grogu. It's, it's kind of like. It's like, well, yeah, that's what it is. You can't tell. Yeah, that. I mean, I you know, can't, like, can't it's argue like, with that one. Yeah, I can't argue with you, Emily Swallow. You're awesome. No, I, I love her. She's she's fantastic as the armorer, and like that's why I'm like holding out hope that the armorer doesn't have anything ulterior motive wise going. Because oh, I hope not. It, it's a lot more beautiful if not, and a lot dude, more, yeah. Like, like if not, this season wraps up yeah. in a way that's just like, and that I don't know how much can, more I can. Can I give with. an honorable mention though? Fuck yeah. Because we didn't even talk about it. But I want to give an honorable mention scene moment or maybe it's shot or something. I think it's scene. It's scene. Honorable mention to scene. For, like, the part where I'm going to call – I don't know what you call them. Like, the people who had stayed on Mandalorian for the duration. Survivors. Surface survivors. Survivors. Okay. When they showed, like, Bo-Katan and everyone, like, where they, like, kind of take refuge and all that, it, like – it just goes to show, like, Bo-Katan even had what felt like an arc within this episode that was just fantastic. And the whole hmm. season alone, but, like, 
that moment where she's like seeing it and is like, wow, like it's kind of like a ray. Like I didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy. Mm. Sort of, like, you know, type thing. Like, yeah, I didn't know yeah. This was I mean, like to know that, that like it, it, it felt here. like confirmation to her that her home planet really like hadn't been changing. lost in the way that she had thought. Right, and that just hits so close to home. Like I just love also, that. It, it also furthered this kind of theme that persists throughout all of Star Wars. That I think Return of the Jedi is really, really uh, shit. You can find it fucking everywhere. The last, what I loved about this finale was that it kind of blended two of my favorite Star Wars movies in terms of vibes. Not really storytelling, but like the Last Jedi and Return of the Jedi. Their their baby vibe wise is is this is this uh, episode of television for my money. Mm. Um, the, uh, the idea that nature versus the technological supremacy of the empire, you know, they've been surviving because they've, they've, they've planted the, the aboriginal plants to the region. They're, they're doing all this to, to stay alive. And the empire is grinding away their resources and destroying the planet actively. And like, mm-hmm. And they ultimately prevail. And the way the Ewoks take down the help take down the Empire, and the way the Fathers escape and help take down all the the shitty motherfuckers on Canto mm. Bight, you know, like that's that's cool. You know, I, I love I love stuff like that. And I think that this episode dug into that, which is not something mm-hmm. Mandalorian does very often. Um, you know, it's usually oh, big animal, dangerous, let's kill it. Um, yeah, it's a new new age for me. It's they're not just uh, all about their weapons, and it seems that they're they're like now focused on their values and like their planet and like really like just being together, mm. you know, and and not fighting. Like that's just kind of their main right. focus is let's not fight and act like we are strong as hell. Like that's like a line that that Bo-Katan says that like we've always been strong enough. You know, like that we've never been weak. The only like the only struggle that we do have is when we fight each other, and it's like right. it is true. Like if if all of Mandalore did unite together, and like that's why the Shadow Council was like, oh yeah, fuck no, we need to do something now. Like don't let these people get together. Like we can't because I mean, look what Din can do on his own. Look what Paz can do on his own. Mm. You know, look what Bo. But now like. Now they're all together. Yeah, Mandalorians uh, are stronger together, man. And that's a, uh, that's it's a fucking it's a like in retrospect, dude. I have a tough time looking at the season in a negative light. Um, and it'll be fun to rate it. Um, but let's start with the episode, the finale itself, enjoyment and critical rating. Um, enjoyment wise for this finale, I'm sitting pretty fucking high. Um, it's not quite a ten. I don't think, you know, last episode was a 10 and I, I think this is like nine, five, nine, you know, like it it was pretty peak, you know, we got some pretty amazing things, but it just, we were left a little disappointed at first and that does, that does matter. That does matter. Um, um, and I'm with you. I think, uh. I think a nine five is about where I come down. Kyler, what about you enjoyment wise? How are you feeling about that? You know, I have talked all season about like trying to think about like where we get to at the end of the season. And I would be remiss if I didn't take this moment to make this the highest scored enjoyment wise I've had all season. I just 
you know, I'm maybe this just reflects on my inner like hardwiring as a human being, but I am just entirely too positive and happy of a person to not just eat the fucking shit out of this mm. up. Just the happiness on full mm. ten, like you know, the reward of all the like stakes and like you know stuff from the season. I'm saying. Nah, I don't, what have I given out? What's like my highest score so far? Do you have it individualized or average? No, we we use it. We use it as the a collective. Okay, nine seven five. Don't give a shit. Nine seven five. That, okay, that feels true to myself. All right. You know, I wanna I wanna inform you about a little process that you haven't been a part of yet, Kyler. If you would like to, <laughs> there's a there's a tradition from Game of Thrones, in a in a city called Karth, the greatest city that ever was or ever will be, that. Uh, Someone gets to make an absolute decision if they invoke Sumai. You have the power in this moment to negate everything we say about this episode and invoke Sumai on the enjoyment rating and make it a 10 if you wanted to. This is possible. You do have to invoke Sumai, though, which you do have to you slice have to, your hand. You have to and cut make your a hand. Blood pact. So you do. I mean, you do have to do that. So I mean, there is that little caveat. But that's not that's not a real thing. Not here. But yeah, <laughs> figuratively, figuratively speaking, you would have to cut your hand with a knife. Hold up, I have a razor knife around here. So okay, we'll do that. <laughs> no, you, if you just Don't want to do it, you actually just, do it. Just do it. No. <laughs> Um, because that's the thing. I won't actually be that mad. This so is Colton the said a nine man. five, and I said a nine seven five, and Joe's gonna come in with some funky ass nine or like eight seven five. Oh, five. I said nine five. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why. So like, if, I don't know if, if you want to invoke Sumai. It's not that much of a jump. It's only if you're gonna do it, it should be a ten. If you're gonna invoke, Sumai, yeah. If you're if you're gonna invoke Sumai, you ought to invoke Sumai for a ten. I'm only saying you should because I'm going to invoke Sumai for a rating <laughs> for the season as a whole. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I figured. This was my favorite episode of the season, enjoyment wise. So fuck it, sue my. Ten out of ten. Uh, ten out of ten. Suck my balls, Joe. <laughs> That's the one area that I can actually say could be a ten. It wasn't a ten for me, but it is. No, I get that. I get like, that. This is the area that they did do well on. No, yeah, so, I'm, 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 I'm with you though. I think that like up, up on my. On my first watch, I wasn't at a 10. On my third watch, I am at a 10. Like, I'm, I fucking loved this episode. Well, uh, and I just, I love that, like, they didn't, I just, I, I can't shake that, like, feeling of, like, the total, like, it's rare in television, especially, to close, like, an arc. Like, this felt like the end, like, Colton, we talked about this a little, about how this feels like it could very well and probably should be the end of Mandalorian as a whole. Like, if this was it, like, it's rare that you end something this cleanly. Mm. Like, this wholesome and clean and just, like, you know, it's rare that that happens. Yeah. And Well, it, especially in Star Wars. Um, yeah. Uh, as exactly. far as a, a season of television or a movie's happy ending, I mean, you got Return of the Jedi and you've got The Phantom Menace and you've got The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I don't think we've had a happy ending for a season of television yet, though. Um, Kenobi's relatively happy. The Book of Boba Fett's relatively happy. Like, but like, you know, you've taken your losses. You've struggled along the way. Mandalorian season two, relatively happily happy, but you're sending Grogu off. 
The Bad Batch has absolutely not no. had a happy ending. And or. Rel- again, relatively yeah, happy. But like, yeah, however yeah. you want to take that one. But yeah, no, you're right. This yes. one is all happy. Like, I, yeah. I leave this season like there is not a single thing I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm sad that happened. No, I fucking love it. Like, rest in peace, Paz Vizsla and everything. But I didn't give a fuck about that guy. You know, like, uh, I think he was dope. Yeah. But like. <laughs> He didn't root. I'm not like, oh no, you know, like uh, if there was anyone you were gonna fucking kill, it better be Paz Vizsla. Um, yeah, uh, the, I guess the only thing I'm, you know, I'm very happy at the end. Obviously, I get to see Din sit down and Grogu mm. force, you know, just making a frog. He probably ate that frog, you know, later he on. That definitely, probably, ate that frog. you know, he, or he's just playing. He's playing with his food. Like I'm. I am very happy. The only thing I'm not happy about, I guess, is like how Gideon was was treated. But like as yeah. far as like every character that I actually care about, it's like yeah. Worked no, out really well for them. Worked yeah. out very well. Um and that's why I'm scared is that it, this isn't the end. And it's very very good right now. No, yeah, what what what's really really a shame is that like uh I I, it doesn't stay this good. No, I'm willing to sacrifice Pedro Pascal's Din Djarin being a part of that Heir to the Empire movie if it means this is the end, you know? I don't want... I don't, Like, that's how... Mm. I love Pedro Pascal, and I love this character. That's how satisfied I am with this ending. Like, if they if they decided never fucking mind, that's it for that guy. I would love that. Uh, I've gotten to... too big. No, yeah, that's the thing. I know they won't. Grogu, Grogu's too, too massive. Uh, and you can't. He's you going can't just... to be crucial to the story for mm-hmm. until he for dies. a long time. Until uh-huh. he dies. Well, and that's the other thing, though, is that if they just didn't touch Grogu until the new Jedi Order movie, I'd be okay with that too. You know, like that's a, that's the other thing is that like uh, he lives for such a long fucking time that like you can pick that story up, uh, but. Nevertheless, critically, let's talk about this finale. How how are we feeling on a scale of one to ten? Hmm. Direction, great. Really good. Visually, was awesome. Really good performances. Really good good. score. Um. Yeah, uh, John Favreau needs to needs to let go of the reins a little bit for me uh, in the writers' room. It's just the writing, and I don't know how much that affects the rating. Um, Kyler, me and Joe were talking about this off mic. There are two, there are three episodes this season that John Favreau had a co-writer credited on, and they were episode three and seven were two of them, which are pretty unanimous, unanimously considered the, the best episodes of the season. Yeah, um, and it seems I don't just want to make any assumptions and just think that I know what's happening in, in Disney and all the decisions they made. You know, but it doesn't really seem that this was Mandalorian season three. I think they they had the idea of going with Bo as the main character, and I think like that's that was the idea. But like I think all I think there's just some real world stuff that conflict conflicted with the show. Whether you know Pedro Pascal couldn't be on set and they just couldn't get him, you know they just had him as a voice actor and they I don't know we couldn't get that helmet moment. Because he was filming Last of Us and he's one of the busiest actors in Hollywood right now. I don't know. That could be a reason. I'm not sure. Also, 
Cara Dune kind of fucking up a lot of things with Rangers of the New... I don't know. Like, that could have changed things. It seems that right. we got a few episodes that, that were clearly in over there. Um, we'll also say that'll affect the season's rating a little bit more than it will this finale specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so there's a lot that we were hoping for for this finale in... And I guess as the episode itself, um, it's it's tough because I, I like the my my big complaint is Gideon's like the writing of Gideon, and it is kind of a season complaint, but like the way he went out and I don't know I don't I don't really think it was even handled well in the episode completely even like the his clones just dying and we, we're not knowing that they were really dying and then him having to tell us and then whenever he's dead i don't know i I just don't think it was handled completely correctly even in this episode so like that's that's my my gripe in episode um and like that we didn't get pedro's face which i guess is more of a season thing you know but it, it would have happened here Mo- you know i don't know so like i don't know if it does affect this episode's rating um yeah no i would i would base that more on a preference than a critical thing like i would i would make that an enjoyment more effective on enjoyment than critical but uh i guess regardless gideon uh, is the true critical thing that i i think was handled poorly and how how much does that affect this episode for you yeah not not totally a whole lot like i think it's it's still um like last week was a nine critically made and I don't think it's too far off. Like, it's it's not like it was like shittily made. No. Like I, as I said, the direction, like the direction, the visuals, the fights, like the choreography, all that all that stuff was good. It was just the writing that that kind of hindered it. Mm. So I think it's like a. It just didn't land as a finale as I thought the finale would. Um, but with Bo's story and all of the good stuff, it did. Not like on retrospect, so I think it's it's still up there, like eight five, um, even. Interesting. Which, um, that's that's nicer than I thought you were gonna be, um, because I, uh, you know, my my gut immediately after after this episode was was around an eight, and I don't think I was giving it mm-hmm. enough credit for score and for performance and for visuals or anything. And I think I would end up bumping it to about an eight, five. What about you, Kyler? How are you feeling about the finale? Uh, I was locked into an eight, five before we started talking. Hmm. So that was really fun to work there. Cause I was at an eight, five. That sounds good. Then I think we can go ahead and settle on that. And, uh, what does that make the episode? The finale? It's decided. Nine flat. Um, nine flat. Nine flat, which is in second second place yeah um, that enjoyment rating helps a lot oh yeah um but yeah then uh how about this is the interesting rating here i um, think um where you might have to invoke sumai um i almost possibly. certainly will um, um but where are we starting I guess. Uh, enjoyment. Always, always enjoyment. Yeah, uh, okay. Because I had a great time this season. Week to week, I did have a lot of fun. Um, I did have, you know, coming off of episode seven, I realized that I hadn't been as excited about this show week to week as I had previous, mm-hmm. um, which I was already kind of aware of, but then feeling the excitement between episode seven and the finale kind of made me realize just how different it felt. Um. 
But in retrospect, like looking back on the story we got and evaluating it and how much I enjoy what we what we received. I'm still pretty high on it. You know, I had a lot of fun week to week. And, and maybe it didn't keep me as excited as previous seasons did. Mm. But I was never like, God, that one was fucking boring, huh? You know, yeah. like, uh, the season, it works far better watching it all at once to binge the season. It makes it somewhat now that, now that we know it's Bo's story, now that we know where it goes and we're not getting Thrawn and a massive clone Jedi army and, you know, all these crazy things to watch this season back. It's going to like, yes, I, I know that I will enjoy it far more on rewatch. They're releasing it week by week, though, and I don't, like, it's not because it makes the show better, like, that they're releasing it week by week. It actively no. hurts the show the Disney Plus to release this period. week by week. Like We just talked it, about this in my marketing class. They just want to keep like, people subscribed to that shit. It, exactly. It's, if they released it all at once, people would subscribe, watch it all, subscribe. They, next month, they're not paying. You know, this makes you, if you want to keep up with it, eight weeks you have to be subscribed for. That's two months at least instead of one. So that's double the money that they're expecting to get out of the show. So, like, out of business decisions, it makes sense. But, like, here, the show does not make sense to release weekly. Like, we're watching Game of Thrones, rewatching that, and that show can be released weekly. (laughs) And, like... Every episode is like a movie, and like I, it's like, oh my god, it was everything is firing. Here, it took until like episode three to be like, whoa, that was maybe not what I was expecting, but really well made and like completely stands like on his own, on, on its own. Episode two was good, but not quite fully there. And then mm-hmm. episode seven, we were like, whoa, okay, now this is yeah. now they're doing good, and yeah, it's like. The- what what does that ultimately how does that ultimately affect your enjoyment you think what do you what do you end up coming down at i think i'm still like eight's the floor like like floor and i think i'm like eight two five or eight five um i i think the ending did help it like it did help it a lot and and you have to look at it as as a whole you know, we're rating the whole season, but the week by week thing does matter. I think it is important, but not everything for right. the show. Um, so I think I'm I'm around like eight two five is probably where I'm at. Okay, I like that. I like that, Kyler. What about you, enjoyment wise? How are you feeling about the season? I think I'm locked in about a nine as far mm-hmm. as enjoyment goes for the series. I just think like. You know, I look back at what, and I try to look at this as, like, sans recency bias as I possibly can. And, like, I really don't know how much I wavered from a nine even when things were kind of rough. Like, right. maybe after the mm. long, the super long episode, was that episode three with a lot of the New Republic stuff, Dr. Pershing, that all that? Lowest, yeah. I, that, that might have been as low as I dipped, but since then they've really done a good job of building it up to this finale, and, and like I can't discredit the finale. They they drove it home. They did it for mm-hmm. me. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not 
like I, I can't look at the whole season and think like, man, like it didn't. And you know, it cracks me up that people are gonna point to that mm-hmm. that episode number three, or you know, um, the episode with um, fuck, what is that episode? Is that the one with Jack Black, Lizzo? Um, yeah, on, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Six. They're gonna point to those two episodes and be like, "What in the finale? What it, what happened in the finale that those two episodes helped us get to this point?" You know, and fine, say say what you will. What happened with Frog Lady that really made you feel like we worked to something that happened in the finale? What about Frog Lady of Din and Bo? We got to see them interact and talk with each other and just see what they would do no, in a given it, situation. And I, it strengthens I'm, their character. Like that, no, that episode. I, I get that. I'm saying like, no, that's I like what I feel episodes. like those people are, are going crucial. to do to yeah. dock like an enjoyment scale yeah. or something of this whole season is point to those two episodes. Like, well, those didn't help no. with anything. If you threw those those episodes away, you don't have anything missing from the finale and what happens. And it's like, okay. That's fine. You can say that whatever you'd like, but that's yeah, that's no. where my gripe actually comes in. Is that we didn't I get think enough of that. we we need more of that. Yeah, we yeah, we I, got I'm enough moments. We got enough moments. Like, and the moments were good. Um, but it's yeah. You know, I uh, I 100 percent agree with your perspective about the week to week thing, and I think that's absolutely fair. Um, I've just also rewatched the entire thing as a binge mode within the last week, which also helps me look at it from both perspectives a little bit. Um, and I end up, I end up coming down towards a nine, but I'm more than willing to compromise and meet you in the middle somewhere at around an eight, five or eight, seven, five. If you're, if you're down to do that, I think eight, seven, five is fair because I, I mean, I'm looking week by week. I mean, 10, 10, nine, two, five, nine, 10, 10, we have an eight seven five, basically a nine, and then the lowest rating is episode three at a seven seven five. Yeah, um, it's a pretty damn good season. So man. even even week by week, we were still enjoying it. It's just like I, I think it's the interesting conversation to be had here for the season is critically. It's critically. That that's the interesting conversation. I think it's still Star Wars. We were gonna love it. We're gonna be excited about it. Um, it wasn't absolutely everything. It's not a ten immediately, you know. Um, no, still doing what like eight seven five. That's that's a good season. That's a that's, think, a, that's yeah. a fun season. I, you know? I think I'm 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 good to go up there. If you if you're cool with eight seven five, if I'm game, I mean, you, I'm game. Cool. Uh, but critically, let's let's talk about that. You know, uh, hmm. I'm curious to hear where you end up coming down. Um, because we talked off mic earlier, and I'm curious if your perspective has changed at all. <laughs> uh, you said your ceiling was seven. I did say this. I did say absolute. I was very heated in the moment as well. Um, we were we were going back and forth during early. that time. Yeah, I we was, were uh, we were debating. My, I mean, Gideon is just. They needed to have him early in the season. And like you, you're right. Like, and they, they could have nothing else about the season at all. Just introduce him earlier. Let him be known as the villain, and it makes his death and everything so much better. It, it, like it, it, it just makes it better. And I mean, I, I, I usually hate whenever I hear a Star Wars fan be like, "Oh wow, this big thing in Star Wars was undone by a few button presses, or like this su- such a simple action." You know, I hate whenever like that happens. It, like it's just written for the story, but like 
the fact that Gideon's, like, his clones were destroyed like that, I'm not saying, like, I hate the fact that they were destroyed. I think it needs to happen because if it doesn't, then Snoke should have happened way earlier and Force-sensitive clones should be everywhere if, like, this is this progressed and, like, I don't know. Like, so I think, like, it being destroyed is good, but, like, I had no idea that that's what was happening at all while it was happening. And I'm like, like, are they waking up? Are, like, what's going on? Like, I was confused. Um, and it took Gideon having to say, they didn't even get to take their first breath. I'm like, wait, oh, they're dead. And oh, wait, now I got to focus back on the the fight that's happening right here and the explosions and like, ah, I don't know. So it's like, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I think that like, like we said about the finale, I think it was well-performed. Um, I think the score again was pretty, uh, pretty outstanding. I think for the most part, it was pretty good looking. Uh, I had a few gripes throughout the season about how it felt a little more phoned in than it had in previous seasons. You know, that shot at the end of episode six where Bo has the dark saber. I'll never get over the fact that that's Ooh. one of the most bland, boring shots I've ever seen in my fucking rough. life. Yeah. Um, is rough. Like there's there's just a lot of stuff where it's like ah oh, that could that could have looked better and I think that I think season I think episode one and that's the thing is that they all had good looking moments but like beginning to end good looking episodes we're looking at episode two episode three episode seven and eight half the season was beginning to end good looking you know um yeah and that's not that's not that's not a strength, you know, that's not, that's not good. Exactly. That's, that's and the, the Pedro voice acting suit acting needs to be addressed here too. I think it needs like to it, be refined. It, it, it wasn't, I don't know. I, I really hope we get the mask off next season. I really hope that comes into play. Um, and I, or I don't know, put him just there. Like it's clear that it's just not him most of the time like not mm. there i don't if if he's there and he knows the line that that he has to say and that he can i don't know i think it's just i i don't know i don't know what needs to be done there's I a guess. disconnect for you i get yeah that. there's something there and it's it's clear that like his actions are just they're not matching up i um, see you i see you but the action like the stunts the kicks the everything it's it's that, that's the no, costume design this season yeah. was fucking stellar. Mm. Also, we haven't given mm. that enough love. Man, all, all the different the Mandalorian styles and the uh, flags, like that that yeah. Ragnar, like whenever that was almost my favorite shot was uh, in the living water, seeing all the banners up mm. and the room not so dull. It was like bright and kind of yeah. lively. Everyone was standing around. No, it was gorgeous. Um, it was gorgeous. So yeah, there there definitely are go- like gorgeous moments, and visually it, it was done well. It's where just do you where rock, do you think you end yeah. up coming down at then? I think I said seven was the ceiling and I don't, I I mean, I think I'm like seven, five, seven, two, five, seven, five. Um, I, I really can't get over how they handled Gideon. Um, that, that was just a little too, too weird. Uh, but Bo's arc very like done well. And I think written well could have used a little more, I think in her mind and a little more just, candid dialogue with someone else you know I, moments, I don't know yeah. um but letting her breathe a little bit but man her arc was was very strong um but gideon's just wasn't quite there um and i i mean i guess if they have more plans with him it should have been revealed here still in there if they're still holding on to more reveals then uh, i don't know i don't, I, 
I don't know if they know how to handle the villain of the show well or not. Like, I, they, I'd assume they'd want, you know, Gideon to be a villain for as long as possible because you have such a great actor and such a great, you know, the concept of it is sick. And a mall DeLorean suit now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of my, my main gripe of the season. And the exposition-y feeling of yeah. it, too. Is a, no, a I'm, big, with I'm with yeah. you. So is, yeah. is it Sumai worthy? I don't know. Are you actually having to invoke Sumai? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have to. I don't think. Um, I, I'm I'm coming down around the same spot. Maybe maybe I'd give it a little more credit simply because Bo's arc just carried so much more weight with me. Like mm-hmm. I think that was done exquisitely well. Um, Kyler, what about you? How are you coming down scale of one to ten on this season critically? I'd go. I'm sitting like right around like eight two five eight five something along those lines. Like I don't know. It it just feels like there's gonna be things that you see critically like already, or we'll see like in terms of the scope of the season and review, like things people are gonna you know use to knock it down. I'm not like ignorant to those. It's just that those don't hold them as much weight to me. As a critic, to, as it does to a critic, you know. Right. I'm a, I'm gonna always be more forgiving of those things than like right. Joe Schmo who writes for you know whatever. So whatever, you know. No, right? that's I'm fine. With... Doesn't change my my personal opinions of anything. But so you're feeling eight two five eight five. Joe's feeling seven two five seven five. How are we feeling about a, a seven seven five or eight? Kind of, I kind I of do, split that yeah. there. Um, I'm looking at the averages like of it all, of everything. If we average every episode out and just see what that comes out to be, uh, it is an eight critically, eight oh nine, eight one, okay, critically. And enjoyment was at like a nine three, almost a nine four. Did a pretty good um, job there. And if my main gripe is just Gideon and the villain, and I think all the hero, the good arcs were handled well. You know, they could have used a little more, a little more moments, but handled well. Uh, so I think like eight, I'd be comfortable with an eight flat. Seven, seven, five Beautiful. is probably, or seven, five is where I would land personally. But I, I see the eight. If yeah, no, like I'm, I, that's my thing because I was landing kind of perfectly in between you. Like my gut was taking me seven, seven, five, eight, and the fact that you guys said eight, two, five. Eight five seven two five seven five kind of just worked perfectly for me. Didn't have to invoke Sumai even a little bit, um, but yeah, I'm I'm one hundred percent down with an eight. And uh, what's funny is like you know I tweeted yesterday like my immediate thoughts as soon as the episode as soon as I finished the episode at like three a.m. Um, and I said I'm happy for everyone who enjoyed the season, but it just wasn't for me. And I've already kind of flipped on that perspective. I already enjoy the season a lot more than I did at 3 a.m. this morning. Um, I will say, and we'll kind of save this for the episode with Claire coming up next week. With the, We're going to do a ranking of every season of Mandalorian, season one, two, and three, kind of discuss what, what we mm. think falls where. But uh, 
it'll be interesting to kind of reflect on that kind of i don't think it's quite immediately as known i immediately my guns were like this is the worst no season of but mandalorian like i don't in know no way it's one i don't or two, know but i, I, I don't know like, if it's that simple now yeah. i don't think so either i think the i think the conclusion of the season was that strong uh and it'll be a it'll be a fun conversation but with that i think we will conclude this season's coverage of the mandalorian dudes mm. so three times around the block Three times around the block, my guys. Let's see. Wow. This is going to be episode 371 and Ooh. The Mandalorian Chapter 1. Our coverage of that like, what, came out. Like 49 or 60 something yeah. or something in that range. It's <laughs> a lot of Let's episodes. See. Chapter 1. Yeah, we are... <laughs> Episode 371 to conclude Season 3, our Mandalorian rewatch Chapter 1 episode clocked in at 41 minutes and was Episode 43 of this Dang. podcast. 330 episodes ago, we started covering The Mandalorian, and here Man. we are so much later. Um, we've been working. We've been, we've been working. working. Plan, plan, we've been working. But, uh, and we'll yeah, be with here that. for Season 4 and Season 5 and Season And six. however long they continue. <laughs> Who knows? We're going Until full, they stop we're going selling full, action figures. Yep. We're going full LeBron James, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh on the Miami Heat. Not, not two, one, not, not three, three, not four. Not four. Yep. We're going all the way up. But uh, with that, we'll conclude this. Uh, if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. Uh, for $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Shout out to Kyler for joining me over there. Yeah. Uh, do that shit. Do, do it. that shit. Uh, head to Twitter, follow at PennyBloomPod, follow on Instagram at PennyBloomPodcast. We are currently doing our top 100 Star Wars characters. Uh, part one and two, the first 50, released yesterday, and we're going to be releasing it by increments of 10 from here on out every tuesday and thursday tomorrow gives us the 40s so 40 through 49 and then tuesday after that 30 through 39 thursday after that 20 through 29 hey, so hey real talk shout out my boy queel saw him pop out on the list today um, yes you did and that's what that was part of the point with the with the following on at penny bloom pod you'll be able to even if you don't want to listen to the episode uh, you will be able to see our lists. I don't specify who has which character, but I am tweeting what characters come at each spot. You don't get any explanation. But you if you want to know, just watch the fucking listen to the damn shit. Just listen to the episode. I'm only at I've only tweeted up to like 86, bro. You could listen to all 50. Yeah, that are know. available. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Go ahead. Uh, do both if you want. I don't give a fuck. Um. If you would, leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening. Uh, we've got the comic book movie Journey Through Film going on right now. Uh, that's a very exciting project. we got Winter is Blooming, Game of Thrones rewatch podcast going right now. Also a very exciting project. And with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. And it's always a pleasure to have you. And thank you, KBZ, Kyler Barnett. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you guys for another wonderful season of Star Wars coverage. It's my favorite thing to cover. And it will be the last time we cover it for a while as far as what's on TV. Because next Wednesday, if you're, ti if you're, if you're like, oh, I don't want Wednesday Star Wars to end. 
It doesn't have to if you come with us on the Penny Bloom Pod. Uh, The Ahsokast begins next Wednesday, where we will be reliving all of the major moments of Ahsoka Tano's journey as a character. And we start with the Clone Wars movie next week. And I'm very excited for you all to hear that. Um, It was a good episode. It was a good recording. It was Joseph's first viewing of it, so we got a little bit of a fresh perspective there. Uh, Um, Yeah, I know. A while. took me a while to get there, but I got there. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And... Yeah, so the Ahsokast, we're doing that all the way through Ahsoka when it comes out in August. So we'll we'll have that all built out there for you. Um, and yeah, remember, peace, love, and bloom. And for Mandalore!